Hello, this is the Indie Corner's WXW World Tag League Podcast for 2018. I'm Bano. And I'm JP. JP, it's been ages since I saw you. Uh, I've missed <laughs> you. It's been four, four, five days, four nights, I suppose. Um, in an Airbnb in Oberhausen, just me and you. Uh, it was quite the experience, wasn't it, JP? I'm feeling a, a bit sick that I'm, I'm not still there. I'm gutted. The more that I hear it being mentioned, the more gutted I am. And the fact that the videos are coming out is kind of making it worse. Because mm. it's like, oh, it just reminds you of it. Um, but it also, at the same time, completely sells me on Carrot as well, which mm. no doubt we'll go into as well. So, yeah, it, it's... Uh, Missed that Airbnb. It was a good Airbnb, wasn't it? It was decent, but like the layout left a lot to be desired. This was yes. If people can picture it, JP had a bed at one end of the apartment. I had one at the other end of the apartment, and in the middle was the kitchen and the bathroom. So to get to my room, you had to go through the bathroom. So there were a couple of awkward moments where I I was either locked yes. in my room because you were using the facilities, or the other way around, you couldn't come near. It was a that's a straight isn't isn't that illegal? You're allowed to put a kitchen next yeah. to a toilet. These are the important points people want to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is prime wrestling content. Um, <laughs> it's the uh, yeah. You're not meant to. You're is meant it a to German thing? To... I, I I think someone's taken the piss and they've gone away with it. <laughs> That might just be as simple as that. Of just, it's no one said anything, but I'd be stunned that it isn't. Mm. But ah, either way, I was happy. There was a lot of coffee on tap, which we needed yeah. over that weekend. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, I'm feeling it now. I was saying before, yes. uh, I've never felt more well into my thirties. It was, it was a. T- it's, I mean, as much fun as it was. And we're going to go into the the matches themselves, but we do want to talk about the weekend as a whole as well. I had a couple of people on Twitter mm. asking for tips if if people traveled over what the the general experience is like but yeah once you get to our age jp it's just generally a bit tiring see like the way i linked you in at my age we're about we're roughly the same age jp well yeah, i i'll take that because <laughs> i because i am i am a bit older um mm, and it's but, it, you start to feel it after mm. a while and you miss the little creature comforts um, oh, that's it. I don't think we got we got like I don't think there was a night where we got more than four hours sleep. No. We were constantly doing media stuff through the day, which is great. WXW are fantastic. It's it's yeah. nice to be treated uh, so well um, by a yeah. company. So we got that, but also there's the it's four days worth of shows, four days worth of standing up for our old knees, JP. Yep. Four days worth of uh, of drinking at the the after show stuff, and uh, you know a couple of beers in the days as well. We're very Burgers. professional. We got all our, our business stuff stuff done i even got got an article written while i was out there non-german related uh we did yeah. well yeah a lot of burgers well a lot of bad food i think that's also part of the problem you you try i tried to eat german again i got a couple of curry vests in the venue um i got a couple of uh nice bratwurst but you do eat a lot of mcdonald's because it's over the road from uh, yes. from the turban and haller it's uh it's tough on the old body isn't it jp it really is, and I can't. If you're vegetarian, it must be even worse because that's one thing that Germany is missing: is the real. There's a real lack of vegetarian options just sort of floating around on the streets. So yeah, it, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of eating out. Mm. I was quite quite happy to have some home cooked stuff when I got back, <laughs> and actually have some vegetables because mm. um, a lot of places you're going to, it's the kind of sports bar type experience isn't it i mean for for those of you thinking of traveling over and i imagine when word of the entire weekend is kind of going out and people start to see the vod Mm. they're going to start to think of where they're going to go and go and eat and a lot of it is basically going to the centro um 
for kind of if you're if you're eating anywhere out or around there. But a lot of it's you That's know like the big shopping centre, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. To describe the place on the whole, it's Wolverhampton with a cracking shopping centre, <laughs> like really modern, and Wembley Arena tucked <laughs> by in the Koenig Pilsner Arena. It's it's quite bizarre. That kind of sums it up, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's travelling, are they, to, to go to, to Oberhausen. I think uh, I tried to be clever. I flew out via Cologne to have a, a little bit of a time in, in another city. I did the same thing with Dusseldorf last time. I had a little bit of a... Mm-hmm. I like to have a wonder, JP, you know, drink a couple of coffees, take some Instagram photos, make myself feel <laughs> like Minoru Suzuki for a day, see some of the world, you know, that's not the inside of the, the Terminhalle or McDonald's. Uh, how was your journey I mean, it's cheap enough to fly out there, isn't it? If anyone's yeah. wondering about that, I mean, I paid I paid ten pound to get out to Cologne. Uh, I paid fifteen pound to come back via Eindhoven. That was a mistake. I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, yeah, you can get out there cheap enough, can't you? Cheaper than yeah. uh, my train cost to to Wembley or, or on Sunday. Exactly. I mean, it cost me £70, mm. and that was going at about 10 past 10 from Birmingham. It was, what, an hour and a half into Dusseldorf, and from there it's easily on the train to, into um, into Oberhausen. So it's kind of straight – it's quite straightforward in that regard. You did it the more, much more scenic route, <laughs> which I kind of did last time because I think – you could be tempted into flying into Dortmund, but it's a lot more of a faff mm. to get over to Oberhausen. And I, I tried to talk you into flying into Amsterdam because that's only uh, two well, hours away from on the train no, as well. But that, that could would, be a mistake. I wouldn't end up. I wouldn't end up a tag leg, mate. <laughs> that 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 would be the problem. I'd just be off. I'd be off on a jolly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically. Uh, if you if you're flying in, I mean, it's it, Dusseldorf. Would you say Dusseldorf's easy? Is it worth doing it the Cologne route? Uh, I think Cologne's probably the cheap route. It's about an hour uh, into Oberhausen from there. Um, so yeah, you get to do the scenic route. But yeah, I think the most straightforward thing is to fly straight into Dusseldorf because it's twenty minutes away. Um, that kind of makes it makes it easy. Yeah, my I kind of looked at. I was looking at Google Maps and trying to work out which cities can I fly into this time and fly via. And like I say, I flew back via Eindhoven, but we had one too many beers on the last night of me, JP. We were in the yes the hotel of the trip till five in the morning with all yes. furious Will Cooling and all kinds of luminaries talking uh, talking pretty really pretty much putting the the wrestling business uh, to task. Uh, talking everything from Brit Res to women's extreme wrestling, um, oh, which John <laughs> which wrote a, a great article on years ago uh, that you were checking out, and you were yeah. uh, your interest was piqued on, uh, on maybe making a, a podcast on that. Um, yeah, if, if, if anyone's up for it, anyone listening to this, you think it's just up for watching a terrible show. I'm, I think there's a part of me I've never watched an insane clown posse juggalo championship wrestling, whatever the fuck it's called, mm. until I'm taiwan the whole way through yeah. i'm tempted like mm-hmm. i'd be tempted if there was like some sort of end purpose to it rather than depressingly watching it by myself <laughs> so so yeah we were t- we were talking about it's, it's the most incredible promotion and so wrong in so many ways it's it's not even untrue with zero wrestling on it basically <laughs> um yeah, and so we were sat up there, and what happened to you then? Yeah, I was, I was got- supposed to be getting a bus into Eindhoven early to spend the day there, do a bit of tourism. We got back to our Airbnb about five, didn't we? And then it was, I think I was supposed to be leaving at seven. Uh, yeah. Well and truly missed that bus. 
it half asleep booked another bus on my phone but fell back asleep again and missed the second <laughs> bus so that was two journeys to Eindhoven that I missed and then ended up scrambling and trying to get a train and I'm barely making it to the airport in time so that great plan of yeah spend some time in another city didn't happen I, unless you count maybe going through there on the bus um after a two to three hour journey uh to Eindhoven it was, yeah, it was a mistake wept. and it's, it, it's a bit of a shit all that airport as well so yeah don't do the Benaro <laughs> don't do that uh, if we're gonna learn anything from this weekend don't take any travel tips from me i had a a bit of a nightmare over the few days it's yeah because i was okay this time round, but there's something that happens to you when you get into (laughs) oberhausen i'm not quite sure what it is yeah but it, it, you tend to kind of go to pieces to, to a certain degree. That's it, yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, last time you lost all your belongings to a, yep. to a thief in Oberhausen. We didn't see anybody in a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu hoodie this I, time. So I had my eye out. <laughs> I really did have my eye out. We, all did. we were going to jump him, JP, if we saw him, but that oh, didn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, you spent yeah. our last trip, a lot of it, in a police station. I, last time, managed to get caught on the train slash tram and got done for a 60 euro fine that i may or may not have paid since uh, so i was a little bit paranoid about get that happening to me like again the power, this trip. Ben, <laughs> That's a, well you know i'm only getting i'm getting letters from a, a german deck collector uh, they, they seem to be making it to my house but i don't know i'm not taking these threats realistically until they do turn at my door maybe that'll be a mistake <laughs> uh, but yeah out of fear of that happening again and getting stopped on the bus again i was very careful to make sure that i was getting the right tickets and me and you on the way out to essen we were going to go to the inner circle show so yeah yes. travel tip if you if you're flying on the thursday i think actually the carrot might be sold out for in a circle already or or just about close that's worth doing uh but it is a bit it's a little bit of a journey out to western isn't it a little bit more of a well it's you've got to go to a very specific train stop haven't you Mm. it's like it's not just essen it's essen zort i want to say zortland i haven't got it to hand but um the issue is 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 that if unless you're going there you're Mm. faced then with a with a cab ride when you get there i don't think there's any stops that are really nearby Mm. so we managed to get there, although it's quite close to the station. In a, it's very bizarre, isn't it? The location. It's in the middle. Of, it really is like in the middle of a housing estate, isn't it? It's the yeah. the XW Training Academy, and it's essentially as the the jokes went on through the night, where Tim Thatcher does in fact live, um, and it is just a, a tiny wrestling school at the end of what feels like a residential block. No bars. Uh, there was one off license, wasn't the JP that was closed? Yeah, uh, not much uh, going on around there. You do feel like nothing you're a bit in the going on. In that part yeah. of Essen, nothing. Uh, yeah, and I again, yeah, as we had to make the journey out there, and I was so paranoid about getting my, my bus ticket stamped. You'll hear people on Twitter shout about that all the time and, and use me as the example for what went wrong when I got the ticket wrong last time. Me and you were having like a, a conversation about whether I needed to stamp that ticket. And just because, just me being me, it wouldn't be a journey without things going wrong. Us having that conversation and then walking off into the night, I left my bank card in the ticket machine. Day one, JP. Day one, rookie mistake. No bank cards. Luckily, you were there to be the banker, JP. I managed to transfer some money to you and draw out some cash. But yeah, not the ideal start. Although I was comforted by that. I don't know if you saw on Twitter today, Julian Pace managed to uh, lose his bank card as well uh, on on his way back home. So, you know, I'm not alone. Uh, I'm an idiot, but, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. It's kind of easily done because there's a lot more. Like you're not just buying a ticket; you're it's checking. So complicated. Like, some of them are pre-stamped, yeah, and some of them aren't. And it's kind of like it's a little bit of like kind of we're going to fuck with your head a bit here mm. by whether or not they're stamped. Maybe they are all stamped at, at some of the places, but it's always been that kind of 
there's now a fear factor <laughs> yes. traveling on German transport of like, have I got this wrong? And I thought this on the way back to the mm. train station. And I was with um, a really nice guy called MT, who, who's Austrian, who's done Oberhausen a, a good few times. And he was, uh, and he was like, no, 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 it's fine. I didn't trust him. Mm. And he's done this journey lot, a lot more than I ever will. And he's kind of, he was saying to me, it's a very similar rail network in, in Austria in terms of that system. And it's like, yeah, but, so Oberhausen, mate, things go wrong here. Mm. So got away with it in the got away with it in the end. I mean, at least you know, no one took your money. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's a dodgy area as well, isn't it, Oberhausen? Yeah. We had like a, a moment in a park where a very strange fellow was coming over to us, and we did didn't didn't run away, did we, JP? We got more nope. uh, we got more self respect than that, but we walked away very briskly. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a weird town, isn't it? It's not particularly like I say. There's the big shopping center that's very modern. Mm-hmm. Um, there is to me, unless we're missing it, there's not like a big, like modern bar area or like a no. even like a hipster area that you kind of get in, in pretty much every city, included in England at the moment. It's kind of rough, isn't it, as a place? And yeah, I was a little it bit is. worried that one of the the hooligans had uh, had picked up my bank cards and was gonna, was going to be using it all weekend. Well, it's it's a funny thing because where I lost my bag the first time round was staying kind of over the other side. It was the air. It was an Airbnb. It was only going to be for the one night in. Um, in Oberhausen, but it was mm. like away from, I think it's, I want to say it's South Oberhausen, mm. um, away from uh, like the opposite direction to where you would go if you're going to the Turban Haller and the Centro. And that is, it's a lot more of a kind of rougher city centre. It feels kind of more authentically German, to be honest with you. I'm not saying it'd be, you know, it's not worth seeing because mm. it'd be worth having a wander around there. But um, obviously it's very different to what would be a kind of what the centro is, which is basically like a mini Westfield Trafford center type deal. Um, so that side of town is the bit rougher. So if you are going to try and stay, you're recommended. I mean, we were lucky in the sense that we had a good Airbnb that was close to the turban Haller and quite close to the centro. But mm. if you're staying, I don't know whether or not over that side of town, because there's just, there's not really anything over there as far as I saw, mm. but most of the time I walk around there in a bit of a rage looking for a man who might be wearing a Shibata t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's it. And me looking for a man with a, with a bank card, but no, it <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, I mean, we should probably, as we're going to be kind of going through this casually, our, our weekend as a whole, I mean, we'll get some of the lighter stuff out of the way first. I mean, we yes. just, we did just mention our trip to S and we should talk uh, in a circle a little bit mm. uh, before we get into some of maybe the the party and media shenanigans that we got into. I mean, what did you you make of that as an experience? You know, we made the trip out to Essen. It's a bit of an mm. odd location. We got there, the door was locked as well. I watched the uh, the VOD last night. You can see us arrive uh, halfway into the match because it is. It's just a. It's not a venue. Uh, it's a private training facility. But I thought it was interesting. It made for a great atmosphere, and it kind of yes. It made me think, oh, why don't other promotions do this? They've got a big weekend coming up. The wrestlers are in town. Okay, you can't get, how many would you say, maybe 100 people in, in there? Maybe a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, um, they claim maybe 120, but it, mm. I, I couldn't quite see that. I mean, it was, yeah, d- around the 100 mark, which mm. is perfect. And obviously, a lot of the wrestlers are staying at the academy as well. So I think for a lot of them, they don't have to travel on that first night. So mm. for no other reason, it's a really good idea to ha- to have that event. So yeah, it'd be good to see more promotions do it. Mm. Definitely, yeah, I think it works. I mean, they do everything they can to get everyone in. The, the yep. commentators are basically co- commentating from this perilous ledge position because it's the only place oh. you can you can fit them in. Um, I don't think... I Christian Mikel was going to fall. <laughs> yeah. That chair looked like... 
it, it was it, it was just hanging off and i thought <laughs> either that he might just be a bit of a thrill seeker and thought you know it'd be yeah, good yeah. crack to do that I mean, that's what it is because yeah you get that the commentators up at the top and the wrestlers kind of leaning over behind them to to check mm. out the action because again there's nowhere to be we were we were leaning against the wall with a suspicious looking door that i was convinced was the door to uh to tim thatcher's bedroom didn't have that confirmed <laughs> or denied um but yeah it makes for an interesting set and it's just a nice yeah it's an icebreaker isn't it it's a nice you know the beef wetter for for the weekend there's not a yes. huge amount to say about maybe the matches themselves uh mm. all in all but it's again just a nice light-hearted way to uh to start the weekend isn't it what did what did you make of it yes yeah, serves as a perfect palate cleanser for what's coming up um you're not given too much it's not stuff that really works within canon although there are you know there was there was one match where there were kind of at least some consequences around it um in terms of the, uh, I think it was the uh, JFK versus um, uh, Akami match. Mm. We had two teams actually facing against each other who were in who are in tag league. Mm. But for the most part, it, it feels like a kind of rewards almost mm. for fans. It's just like a little different experience, something that's a lot a lot lighter, and it, everyone's in sort of a good mood. And mm. it's just a way of easing people in. Yeah. Rather than kind of, you know, you're starting really hot when it gets to tag league. It's like a nice little entry event when you go in. Um, they were serving some beers there. Mm. I missed a great entrance because the toilet is like downstairs where they do where all the washing machines are. <laughs> which is weird enough in and of itself. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the matches that were there, the the ones I would recommend. Um, Tim Thatcher versus Fred Yehai. Oh God, yeah, that was that was the highlight for me. I mean, you mentioned yeah. there, you missed an entrance, you missed Tim Thatcher coming out to uh, David Hasselhoff's song. Was it "Looking for Freedom"? Uh, yes, I vaguely knew what it was. Uh, the Germans very much knew what it was. I think the, <laughs> yeah. the Brits were a bit confused. Uh, that's a cliche. See... That's very true. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that Thatcher's well bedded into Germany, don't you? When he's uh, when he's decided to come out to Hasselhoff. Oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he just looks like he has the most fun time when mm. he's in Germany, and yeah. you can see him the kind of matches he's having mm. and coming out like this. You know, there's there's a real like kind of enjoyment. Um, yeah, and I think I it's interesting. I mean, I was just gonna say, sorry. Yeah, I thought it was. It's great seeing him up close and personal like that as well. You know, yeah. like you know the. There were chants for uh, for whose house, Tim's house, and lots of lots of jokes about that. But yeah, to get him, get to see him in that wrestling school, to see that style that he does up close and personal, yes. it's not always work for me. But when you're in a setting that small and you do have to pay attention to the tiny details, mm. like even just the way he'd fall on like a a power bomb from Fred Yehai. Uh, and he yes. kind of Thatcher kind of was taking it on the back of his head almost. You could mm-hmm. tell he was he was doing it purposely because everyone's up close and everyone's oohing an hour and at every uh, little moment in in, uh, in Tim's house in the in the middle of the street. Uh, it really works for him, doesn't it? It's like the the perfect setting for Tim Thatcher. Yeah, it's it's set up entirely for him. Mm. I think one of the beauties of it, because the crowd are sort of really in on the ring, it kind of forces the wrestlers to work a style that really suits Thatcher mm. in particular. And it forces them not to rely on what would be kind of traditional wrestling crutches of going to the outside and doing, uh, doing a kind of number of things. I think for the most part, you're keeping things inside the ring. Mm. And it, so there's a kind of purity to yeah. it in there. And you say with watching Thatcher close up, and I like Yehai, and Yehai surprises me as as good a ground wrestler as he actually is. But for someone like Tim Thatcher, it feels like you're watching a training session. Hmm. 
of sorts. It's like the, how he would, how he kind of approaches it, how much he enjoys it. It's like a, a training session. And it kind of, you know, you had a couple of people, a couple of um, teams are on there who are sort of very new to WXW or, or a lot more inexperienced. So it, it, it it's a really good palette. I mean, was there anything on there that you would consider to be like bad? I don't think there was. No, definitely not. I mean, the stuff that I think, I mean, Lucky Kid and Chris Brooks had a match that I thought, well, maybe that works better than the building than it would on VOD, but it was yeah. still, you know, again, it, it's it's not really, they're not going out there to have match of the year candidates. They kind of, that Kid and Brooks was the main event, wasn't it? And they, yes. they've, they've obviously got a bit of a relationship in Brit Res at the moment where Lucky Kid mm. loves Chris Brooks and Chris Brooks kind of loves him back. But yeah, I think Lucky, the, the story was Lucky Kid thought it was a tag match. Um, did somebody shout for uh, or did oh that was it yeah I think Chris Brooks said that oh this isn't Smackdown we're not having a tag match which started an Undertaker chant which started um, the threat of Undertaker and Kane maybe coming out and being their tag team opponents which which <laughs> led to a 10 count from the referee just to see in case anyone did turn up like the Undertaker and Kane to, to, to come and wrestle them then just as things went silent whoever's on music bravo to you somebody pressed play on the Undertaker's theme and both wrestlers in the ring shit themselves i mean it's silly but it's all stuff it was all done off the cuff wasn't it and all stuff that's yeah. kind of it rewards you for for being there live and, and being part of a an admittedly a silly moment like that that's it and i think the fact is is that i mean especially brooks the amount he worked over the weekend and the amount of absolutely great matches he had mm. like you know more than in, more than entitled to do something that was kind of an overtly comedy match where mm. Really, the match itself was 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 fine, but it was obviously that they, they were limiting themselves. There, there was a kind of they were making sure that they were safe. Um, Brooks, in particular, was kind of saving himself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was. It's interesting. I mean, one of the things I'm going to say, lucky kid, he's great. I'm glad he's getting that chance um, over in Fight Club Pro and the relationship with with Chris Brooks. Mm. I would like to have seen more of him this weekend, to be honest. Mm. I suppose he had the you know the big grudge match on the on the Sunday. And yeah. He does feel like someone that's bubbling up though, doesn't he? Someone who's he does who's ready for that next step. Uh, and we will get into you know the, the big matches yeah. he did over the weekend. But I could see them maybe putting yeah. a bit more stock in him now as as the man to kind of finish off all all the all the Raya shenanigans. But yeah, it was cool to get to see him up close. And yeah, again, maybe comedy like matches like that aren't for everyone. But when you're in a small venue like that, and it's a fun first nighter. I do think oh. that stuff works. Yeah, you know you're in for a lot of wrestling. So <laughs> these kind of these kind of matches and this kind of a show was perfect just to settle me in for the facts. And it was you know it was quite short as well. Mm. Six matches. Yeah, in yeah. Total. Yeah, that's it. Six yeah, matches. And we, we were done in in good time. I think we done for what was it about nine o'clock something like that. It I think it was. Yeah, because we just missed a train, mm. so we had to wait for like nearly an hour. That's the problem with being out in the sticks. Yeah that's the issue with it it's like there was the one train and that was pretty much it <laughs> um but yeah it, it, it definitely worth getting to it's very difficult to get to by all accounts taz uh taz young um the head referee and and one of the 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 co-owners of the company he was saying that next year they've got some real well, they've got some real dream matches lined up for inner circle for the in the build up to 16 carat so mm. If you get a chance to see some of the people who potentially are going to be at 16 carat, it's going to be an, a wonderful place to be. See it so up close and personal. Absolutely.
Uh, we then got on to, uh, after a somewhat early night, probably the only one of the yeah. weekends, we got to uh, Friday where we had a, a lot going on on the Friday. I didn't even realise till I went back and looked at my notes, the amount of stuff we got done on the Friday. It's kind of the big media day, oh, isn't it? The Friday yes, before Tag League kicks off, before the uh, the proper tournament starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the, the media lunch um, early on, which is always fun, isn't it? That WXW put that on for the likes of ourselves, the other podcasters and other writers that are that are out there uh, afterwards i had to kind of shoot back and and finish something an article i was working on and you stayed out in the in the day on the friday had a had mm-hmm. a couple of beers get the get the weekend started proper yeah uh, <laughs> and then we headed to the uh, the media center um this is kind of again a unique thing for wxw isn't it that they mm. it's essentially a press conference uh it's probably the best way mm-hmm. to explain it and we usually know who's coming and there's usually a, a couple of surprises as we learn to carrot and as we learned here at Tag League, um, they can be interesting. Um, I think mainly, I think having you know, there's a lot going on in WXW right now. Uh, Christy Jacoby yeah. taking a, a leave of absence. Um, so, like you mentioned, Tassilo Young, there, the, the referee who's who's taken a, a bit of responsibility on. They they sent him out to answer questions. I thought. He was the definitely the most interesting uh, person they had out there. Was there any anything that you noted from uh, from from the press conference or just the thoughts on the press uh, stuff that WXW put on as a whole? Well, the press stuff that they actually put on. I mean, there's a there's an element. Obviously, there's a quid pro quo relationship where you're being invited to these, but but and we are there to cover them, and mm. it's being covered like it's a serious event. Yeah, and therefore, I think it kind of means that everyone there is taking it seriously. And with the press conference and in terms of the the things that were discussed, there were lots of areas where it was kind of more mentioned around, I think, more than anything else Mm. um, in terms of uh, like relationship with WWE. Mm. No one was going to ask any questions regarding um, CMJ and neither should they. That's, you know, he will return when he is ready to return. Mm. Yeah. I think in terms of the wrestlers, um, one issue I had is is that there's an element of the sort of kayfabe being played, I think, a bit too much mm. for my tastes. Um, so we had uh, when JFK were out, it was very difficult to kind of report anything that they said because you'd just be like reporting lines from a promo. Yeah. That's and kind that's of the some, weird mixes, and yeah. you get like a carrot. Bad Bones was he'd answer questions in kayfabe, and then he'd he'd break character on yeah. another question. And there is just a little bit of a mix there, isn't it? Most of the time, people are straight with you. You know, uh, you yeah. get a lot of com- we got a lot of comedy from Dirty Dragon and and a bit yes. from Ian Simmons, but they were honest. Bobby Guns, Bobby was Guns was honest as well. Uh, yeah, JFK. Well, I liked his characters throughout the weekend. Yes. Yeah, they kind of chose it as a bit of an opportunity, didn't they, to get their their character over to the what twenty mm. odd media members in the crowd? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. How I feel either. Yeah, no. Uh, the others. The, I mean, the others are kind of fine. There's lots of. I mean, the, the the question, the same question that kind of I feel often gets that we're asking of all of them because mm. it's one that we really want answered is why isn't any have you got any uk dates coming up are you going to be in the uk and ireland mm. and a lot of the times it's like well i'd really love to but there's nothing coming up at the minute mm. and I, I think for me it's you know having that kind of reinforced again and again yeah. is something that you 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 know you're taking from this and hopefully those people if lots of people go out and watch these events mm. 
And as we're going to talk about, you see some of these wrestlers, you think, my God, you, you want them over here mm. in a heartbeat. So, I mean, and people like Monster Consulting as well, they've, they've got a really good relationship with the fans like Dragan has, like Jern Simmons has. Mm. Um, and I found, yeah, there, there, there was some of it that is is sort of worth taking from in terms of a couple of, of snippets, but yeah, some of it did get lost in, in the wacky world of kayfabe. Well, I mean, we should probably, you know, wouldn't be the media if we didn't say what some of those snippets were. I mean, yeah. yes. the, the main stuff was kind of from Tassel Young, wasn't it? I mean, I asked them about why they're going over to, to WrestleMania this year, uh, What what you know, for next year, sorry. for They've team, teamed up with WWN, haven't they? They've been doing, I mean, my question was kind of asking, well, yes. what's the... The fact that they've started, you know, the, the, they've got the training school relationship between both sides at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, what there is the kind of this right now with WXW, just a, there's a relationship of sorts with WWE, which, I mean, WWN have got a relationship of sorts with WWE and, and yeah. so have Progress, who've been working with WXW recently. So I kind of wanted to get to why they're doing it. They were saying, I mean, Tass was saying because, mainly because it's New York and it's relatively easy to do from a flight point of view and that the the fans have always wanted it and it, it makes sense now. I mean, yeah, he was asked earlier about, you know, what's going on with WWE and he was just saying that they'd done a, they'd done a seminar um, and that they had a... a they had a positive relationship, but there was certainly nothing formal. Um, I don't know. What do you make of all that stuff? Do you think there's anything anything to that at all? I mean, part of me wondered that it, was there a link between the WWE relationship and with the split of the companies that was announced in the press release. Hmm. Um, the, pl- the split which, being, is that the, the split yes. between the, the webs, the on-demand and the, the company directly yeah. itself? Yes, exactly, yeah. So the on-demand and the company itself and the Wrestling Academy are sort mm. of separate entities at this point, which is a, de- a decision that I don't know enough about German um, business regulation for me to kind of <laughs> be able to comment on that. But it did make you kind of think whether or not, was it something that was kind of playing into this, the separation of the on-demand? Does it, did it have any effect on the on the tape library? Mm. Um, we're kind of assured, I mean, I, I brought that up in the question I asked for Taz, and his response was was kind of aligns. No, it's not really that. It's it's just that we're we're separating these two parts of it. And I think it's to do with the amount of employees they have on either side. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I have to admit, I don't know enough again about German law for me to kind of like have the discussion with him with him on that. Mm. Um, I suppose you know them going to Mania this year is the most sensible time to. And mm. if they've got the buzz from Carrot, you'd like to think if there's a if there's a lot of great matches on there, that's like a perfect way of trying to build an audience where hardcore fans are going to be in town. Yeah. Well, that's it. Everyone else is out there, aren't they? Um, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand it. It just, yeah, just to me, it just seems a little bit strange. I mean, they did push the, the yeah. uh, they, they were, he was pushing back on alleged observer reports about them having an, an ICW slash progress relationship. But one of the, what's the guys, is the Austrian guy who does the... Marcus Groneman. That's right. Yeah. He was kind of yeah. pushing back and saying, well, I kind of sent a lot of that to Dave and I didn't directly say that you had an ICW slash progress relationship with WWE. Uh, in any event, WXW were pushing back on that being the case, and I'm glad it's not the case. I do think maybe like OTT is the direction to go, where you've kind of got yeah. WWE at arm's length. Maybe that's for the best. But yeah, I mean, 
I find that the media stuff rewarding. It's you know good for us personally to go. We get some some good stuff from it. There's always the the opportunity mm. for for interviews with with the talent, things like that. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that, you're not really ever going to get a direct answer, are you? We, I think uh, was no. it Rob Reed who, from Voices of Wrestling who asked about whether they what what's going on, who's booking shows now, um, and we didn't get a direct answer on that. Um, we yep. we were told that you know they were shuffling a lot of staff around with the CMJ uh, absence, but again not a huge amount of de- detail on who's doing what don't know it just seems like a bit of a an odd period for uh for wxw now i, I do feel like they're gonna uh, they're gonna come out of it smelling like roses as they did throughout the weekend with the, with the wrestling mm. they put on uh but yeah certainly a, an odd little time well it is especially with the training seminar that uh, cinema uh, seminar that took place um uh and wwe kind of really feels like they have their eye on them and their eye on their mm. talent and that talent, let's face it, they can cut promos. They can cut promos in English. Mm. They have good spoken English. I mean, it is, it's, it's possible. I mean, it feels like it's a hotbed of wrestling because it is a hotbed of wrestling, mm. and it it makes you wonder whether or not that kind of relationship. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect them to kind of stand in their way if they went in for a certain for certain wrestlers. There, there were there were kind of rumors that were floating around of a couple. Who, who might have had um, some strong contact in that. But it's going to be a kind of wait and see. I mean, I have enough faith in them mm. to be able to push some of that mid-card and under-card up. And we saw some steps towards that mm. heavily this weekend. Definitely. Uh, should we get into the the big stuff then? The, uh, yeah, the three carrot nights. Uh, we danced mm. around it enough, uh, but yeah, after the <laughs> after the media center, we had uh, one of our many McDonald's trips as a, as we had throughout the weekend, and then headed it's in. Good so... McDonald's though, <laughs> as far as McDonald's go. I don't know. They're very slow like on it. the order, JP. There was a good. Oh, I think geez, I waited half an hour for a cup on. of coffee at one. They're not ready, are they? It's like the. <sighs> Like it would, I could imagine it happening in Britain as well. There's this big old venue, and they're just not prepared for the fact that yeah, a few times a year there's going to be a couple thousand wrestling fans in the area who are going to be taking over and uh, and filling up the McDonald's and the Burger King and the kebab van. The only three options for food well, near the venue. They're never quite ready for it, are they? They're never ready for it, but there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, you're held hostage to these. You can go into Buster's Video, <laughs> which has uh, like. Uh, yeah, they're still doing videos there. Mm. Went in there to get a bottle of water. It's like, this is a bit odd. So, yeah, you've got nowhere else. Like, God forbid you want to go and, I don't know, buy a piece of fruit. Like, mm. good luck with that. That's not mm. going to happen in that part of the world by the turban haller. Yeah, you're really shortchanged of options. Mm. Like that and the, the kebab van. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much all you've got um so yeah th- so we had to do that to uh to refuel headed in for night one it, it's a it's it always feels big doesn't it when you go into the turban hollow for the first time yeah. uh kind of realized why on the way in that you get uh, harassed by staff to uh to buy bonds apparently there's a two drink minimum i genuinely didn't realize that i just yeah. thought they were they were very aggressive in uh in selling you the bonds that you use to exchange for uh for beer so i learned something anyway over the weekend but yeah yeah, it changed the colours, the bastards. That's it, like yeah. The thirteen red ones. I thought <laughs> I might be able to sneak these in. No, oh, from Karis. Yeah, we, I had some left over as well. I had them. I saw it in your wallet. You had a big pile of them. Uh, but yeah, changed oh, them to green it. this time. Let's hope the red. Maybe they'll be red again for uh, for Kara to. You didn't come out back with loads again, did you? From Tag League? No, three. I'll mm. take that. <laughs> that wins. That's one beer. Uh, you can live with that. <laughs> yeah. <I can. laughs> 
I can handle that. Uh, but yeah, it's an incredible venue for wrestling, isn't oh. it? They're using the bigger room for Carrot next year. Part of me is a little bit sad about that. I'm sure it'll be great because there'll be more people there. But I just love it. You know, there's the balcony for the members of WXW staff and where there's a bit of a media bit for us where Ian Hamilton, who's always the MVP of these weekends, who you'll find him yep. crouched up on a stool typing up uh, his notes uh, for the first couple of nights. Night three, they got him a better seat, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, plenty of standing room. Not a bad, real, really not a bad view in the house anywhere is that I tend, I tend to find myself throughout the weekend just wandering about, going to the different spots and trying to get close up to the ring when there's mm. a match I really want to see and maybe sometimes getting a bird's eye view for it as well. Uh, it's definitely got, I mean, maybe it's just the fact that it's, it's foreign to us and it's new and we'll go, we're, we're on our holidays, but there really is something uh, special about that, uh, Turban Haller. Oh. Couldn't agree more. It, the layout of it, with the, mm. where the steps are, and how it actually played into the main event on night one as well, mm. it is perfect for wrestling. It's perfect for even spots from wrestling. Mm. Whenever there's um, a running, you can see someone coming in, and it's and it kind of works its way through the crowd quite slowly because it's not quite obvious. It it's slightly smaller configuration for Tagli than it is for Carrot because mm. the merchandise area isn't in the back room where the bar is. That this time round, mm. but it's it, it's so special because mm. the outside it looks like such a shithole. <laughs> yeah, like you'd be you'd be convinced it's just derelict <laughs> if you didn't know any better. The Wolverhampton of Germany—that's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is with a car park that's straight out of the ending of Get Carter. <laughs> like it just looks it's just this bleak landscape. Definitely, yeah, and I think it, it, it. But I think the fact that it's it's a nice big square, and yes. like I say, there's people everywhere. It's never the, the couple of times we've been over now, even in the daytime for the daytime shows, it's it never feels particularly dead. And yeah, I think the fact that now, yeah, and I think it's going to happen even more going into the next couple of years. You've got like a mix of mm. the German fans, but now a growing group of uh, Irish. Oh. And, Mainly Irish, to be honest, and English fans making a, making a lot of noise. Uh, yeah. It just does make for a, a really special special venue, doesn't it? It is. It's uh, it's it's a it's a wrestling festival, mm. and obviously we have a wrestling festival at WrestleMania, and to mm. a lesser extent, I suppose, at the Tokyo Dome. But there isn't too many of these kind of events that exist in the way this does, and certainly not in the organic way that this that this does. Definitely. It's it's grown through word of mouth. And really one of the people who has to be thanked for that is Alan Farrell. Mm. Um in terms of who works as one of the English language colour commentators as well, about spreading the word when there was very few people coming out, only a couple coming out to sixteen carat from the mm. UK. To the point now where it's and this is tag league, it's not as big as carrot, but you're talking, you know, sort of a good forty, fifty people who are who are making the trip out there and are noisy as hell mm. but in the way that you kind of enjoy it um with just with the chanting and then the german fans who quite often we're told are not as loud are kind of they themselves then get properly into it and it just creates this this glorious atmosphere that just kind of adds to almost the kind of legend of the place at this stage absolutely and yeah if we thought things were going to ease in on night one we started mm. off with, with tony storm and miko satamora starting off as, as you mean to go, mean to go on i mean them two doing an opening <laughs> match i mean yeah uh, relatively quick match but a strong match it was interesting that storm went over relatively quickly with two strong zeros uh but yeah still yeah, it's still a solid match, and yeah, kind of says everything, doesn't it, about the weekend that you you get a match of that quality to to start things up. Oh, absolutely! It was 
it was just incredible that they started with something that was so hot. And like you say, it was it was very short, less than ten minutes, just completely going at it, hammer and tongs. Um, WXW get the best out of Tony Storm. I feel. I feel like she's it's the best presentation of her. The the matches she's in feel like big events, and her being in there against Mako Satamura, who again one of the MVPs of this weekend. Mm. Um, like this was it, it wasn't perhaps you know. They can do better, but for something in terms of wetting the appetite and getting the crowd involved because you have two stars in there, mm. it really worked. Definitely. And I thought I saw people kind of a little bit critical of uh, of Tony going over in such, I don't know, strong fashion against Miko. But Made you kinda gotta look at to tell. It does, yeah. It makes sense with yeah. Miko had uh, spoilers on the on the second day. That we're going to get to in a minute. Had a had a very big win there, but also I think the fact that Tony Storm is, is who she is in WXW, uh, I probably push back on that a little bit. But yeah, hot way to start the weekend, and it kind of led into probably my favourite match of the first day. Uh, maybe main event <laughs> aside, Lucha Brothers and Okami again. If you want to set the pace for this tournament, this was the perfect way to do it. You mentioned Alan Farrell before. I saw him on commentary absolutely losing his mind, both during and after this match. Just straight away, you knew you were in the tournament, Hall, and you knew this was going to be a tag league to remember because they literally... I mean, the match, it felt like the first... It was hard hitting, but really the first few moves were just... We went straight to the super kicks and the strikes. Yeah. It felt like we were in a quadruple down with all four of them, like, almost immediately. That tells you, kind of, yeah. the pace of this match. That It was like they were going out to send a message as to, to what this tour was going to be. It just... It didn't stop. Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix did some great flying in the match. Lots of hard, hard hitting from Hashimoto and Kamatani. Yeah. Two wrestlers who, I'll, you know, I hold my hands up. I wasn't hugely familiar with going into the mm-hmm. weekend but this match and you mentioned before their match at Inner Circle gave me a, a good idea of what we were in for the uh, the Irish and the Brits were serenading them with a, a version of Omandi for Okami which uh, your mileage might vary on but the two lads are, especially at Inner Circle did seem a little bit confused uh, imagine if the Ogdens got a hold of them I bet you they could come up with some stuff as well uh, <laughs> but yeah absolutely incredible first match and just yeah uh, just a, a great uh, advert for what was to come in this tournament and what was to come in that A block. Yeah, that that A block was something else. Mm. It was the equivalent of the what the B block was in the G one mm. for the most part. It just yeah. had just series of just amazing matches. And I thought Akami worked. It, it says a lot of obviously about the relationship that um, WXW had with Big Japan. Mm which isn't probably, you know, the most obvious choice group to go to, but they've kind of obviously rebranded themselves from being, as I remember them in my youth, uh, as a kind of deathmatch promotion into something that's got a hell of a tag team division in particular. Mm. And these two, while they never do anything particularly spectacular, it's all done really well. And it's astonishing to think that Kamatani's only 23, Hashimoto's 26, and they, they... never failed to disappoint and like you i didn't i hadn't seen that much of them mm. um fantastic there was a point though near the end has to be said about the uh when phoenix did a dive to the outside oh my god yeah crashing it was through like, the like old three rows of thing isn't it that uh, i think roderick strong and jack evans used to do where pentagon as i'm up for a package power driver and phoenix literally jumps off the top, double stomps onto the guy taking the power driver. I've seen them do it before, and then does a dive to the outside of Topekon Hilo. But in this case, he actually landed at about the fifth row, didn't he? Uh, it was yeah. just absolutely insane. Took it was, out about it, three rows of fans, at least. 
it did. There was like this entire sea of because there's only seating <laughs> on one side yeah. of it. There's there's fans standing around the other couple up where the stage is and and the rest to the sides, but there's people sat there, and you've got Phoenix diving straight into um into Hashimoto and it's just crashing through like these what it must have been like three four rows of seats <laughs> they just go flying everywhere. Hey, what a start! absolutely just absolutely incredible um and i kind of think i mean we're not going to go through every match but i think that kind of was a great advert for what the the a block was here and then it kind of followed up with you know monster Monster consultant against jfk was kind of an idea of what the i don't know what the the b block the it was described going in as a bit more like the the story block the fact that we had you know monster consultant and jfk you know the teams that have been feuding for absolutely forever we're going to talk in a little bit about the oberhausen open uh the bowling tournament where i was actually teamed up with julian era i was talking to him on the night and he was saying just just how many matches these two teams have had together he, i think he was saying upwards of 20 towards 30 uh matches they've had um just a long-term feud and just the perfect kind of match of really lovable baby faces in Monster Consultant and yeah. very, very detestable heels in, in JFK. So detestable, like you said earlier, they were they were even being heels at the media centre. And they were and, and Jay Skillet just got Sherla chance, Andre <laughs> Sherla chance for the entire weekend. Mm. Um uh, he, he was getting lots of those complaining that he doesn't like football. Uh, I enjoyed this. There was some, I mean, in terms of, it obviously felt like a, a sort of a come down match from, from the opener. Mm. Um, but it had some very sort of simple spots. There was some nice stuff with Avalanche using his size. There was a point where Jay Skillet dived off the top and to, to do a cross body onto Avalanche. He just sort of bounced off him <laughs> and rolled away. And, and that was quite fun. Um, I mean, for us, we haven't seen this match lots of times. So I suppose for me, I, I got probably uh, a bit more, bit more from it than perhaps what other people uh, would have done. There was still, you know, the, it set up the JFK characters by this point were very well established in mm. terms of how they were going to be doing anything to try and get the victory. But then um, they went with Monster Consulting. Mm. Definitely, yeah. I think, I think it's kind of like yeah. it was a nice. I don't know, a nice way of having it in a way that kind of, I don't know, gave you a bit of an idea of what was to come in the tournament, but kind of to keep you guessing as well. Um, I don't think anybody had either of these teams down as, you know, potential victors going forward. Um, I did. Did you? I had JFK. Interesting. You're the one then, just you. I just the one I was the one I was making that point very much known mm. to, to all and sundry who I would speak to was it just the heel promo at the media center or was it yeah was, it, was this false flag in monster consultant going over them uh what was it it, it, it was it was at the media center mm. I just got a vibe because the fact I thought okay all right well yeah I just got a little feeling I thought they, they they wouldn't have done this if they weren't going to have something substantial coming with them mm. so just got the vibe for that um it was yeah i we'll talk about the other matches that they had later on as we go through but yeah it, it was it felt very different to group b though didn't it uh, sorry group a didn't it definitely definitely i mean group a was kind of that was the match with the dream matches on i mean we should yeah. we'll probably talk about it now i mean the other big a block yeah. match from the day was ring camp and cck uh, again 
the opposite of kind of what the what the B block was trying to do, but just absolutely awesome tag wrestling as well. Another match that I definitely recommend people go out the way to check out. I think this CCK for me is the best version of CCK. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Gresham just is just the perfect tag team partner for Chris Brooks. I think Brooks has got a lot of chemistry with Lycos, and I do think that. I mean, they lean into comedy a little bit too much for my taste, that version of CCK. Mm. Um, Lycos is obviously, you know, he's had his injury issues, but I just think Gresham is just that bit more polished, both in his in his execution, as Pelion, both, you know, the man getting beaten down in some matches, but also with that awesome hot tag that he's got as well. And yeah, I kind of thought in this uh, this match with Ringcam kind of set the tone again for, for their weekend, CCK. I loved... You know, you know, Walter's always a man who wants logic in his matches, and I loved him kind of Gresham playing with Walter and slapping him and just basically being on the run the entire match, trying to get away from Walter with Brooks even spitting at Walter at one point as well, <laughs> um, which was a great spot where Brooks spat at Walter and then rather than stop Walter getting in the ring, the referee Taz just let him in because he just... Well, I mean, if you're going to spit at Walter, then the ref's not going to stand in your way, is he? Uh, but I love that dynamic of... That this version of CCK kind of I don't know being being rascals to the to the maybe slightly more serious ring camp team and maybe trying to take uh, ring camp out of the game and yeah like I say you got a little touch of comedy there but you had ring camp there to to bring the realism as well uh, I maybe wasn't expecting this to have uh, I don't know these two to have so much chemistry but yeah this was a uh, another highlight for me for day one. Oh, I think of the matches on. Day one, this might have... Well, no, actually, I would say that the main event was was probably my favourite, but mm. this one, for me, was actually... It was, was second in that. I, I, like you, I love this version of CCK. That's not meant as a slight uh, against Lycos or Travis Banks. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of Lycos, I hope one of the things that he, he would be doing is studying Jonathan Gresham and the way that him and Brooks work together mm-hmm. so i think there's a lot that he could he could take from that in terms of trying to feel a very similar dynamic um gresham's so smooth mm. it's incredible and he is so wasted in ring of honor mm. like it's shocking the 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 lack of use of him considering how good he is because mm. i can't see what the downside is and i think chris brooks it has to be said in terms of tag team wrestlers in the world We've said a lot about his about how, from as a singles wrestler, that he's we don't feel he's quite ready yet. No, I'm not. He's had those kind of no, and uh, I'm willing to believe actually that that is going to change over time. Mm. But I think for him, this is the role to be in as like the ace tag team wrestler who can go in really with anyone, Mm. and has gone in with anyone this year uh, for people who've been around, and that's his role, and he fulfills it perfectly. Mm, Definitely. He does, yeah, and I think he's like you said, he's perfect, and Gresham is perfect as well. And I just think, yeah, it's the like you said, perfect role for both of them. Um, yeah. And again, I, I think maybe I think I like Brooks as a tag wrestler. I think sometimes his match can get a little bit indie with the you know with the kickouts and stuff towards the end. Mm. But I kind, I mean, I didn't have any of those complaints this weekend, and especially not here yeah. with Ring Camp. I kind of that was my main take on this match. It was like 
Yeah, the lot of the ring camp kind of realism. This is a sport, you know, the the ring is sacred, etc. The matter sacred, uh, yeah. but it also had kind of those great CCK momentum shifts where you know Gresham will go on a run of hitting four or five moves in a row, and you know Brooks will put together his interesting offense. It was kind of a very indie match, but it had logic and sense. I just absolutely loved it, uh, and yeah, it was yeah. kind of maybe the start of my my uh, love affair with the with this version of CCK. I think I, I think so with this, and I think it was just a surprise finish having Gresham tap out Thatcher was mm. like it, that for me felt like a shock. Mm. I, I, I didn't I didn't see that one coming, um, and it really started CCK off in a really hot way, and it set up the group the group dynamic at that point was really interesting because it was like okay where are they going to go with this? It, it, nothing seemed particularly obvious. Definitely, uh, weirdly, I mean one other note I wanted to make on on this day mm. one is. I mean, all of the matches we've just talked about all happened in the first half as well, well as a rather throwaway, four-way match with Julian Pace, Lucky Kid, Emil Sosochi and Fred Yehai. Um But the second half had the one other tag league match plus the main event. I just thought that was a really yeah. weird kind of structure. It was Aussie opening Team Suplex, a match that, for me, didn't really get going. Uh, I, liked the I don't o- think Team Suplex didn't really seem to get going for me at all all this weekend. They were kind of the duds of the weekend, weren't they? And I'm not as... I mean, I... I don't love Jeff Cobb, but I quite like him. I know a lot of people are very ne- negative on on Helico. I quite like Angelico. But yeah, just as a team, they didn't feel very special in this tournament. And yeah, I was thinking maybe it was the slotting than being the one other match in the second half before the big grudge main event. But yeah, they just it wasn't the, the greatest weekend for Angelico and Cobb. No, they uh, maybe it's me. They don't feel particularly special. Mm. They don't feel special or as established enough as a tag team for me to kind of consider them as being a threat. Whereas the other three teams are three teams that are in that group mm. and they're regular tag teams. This one was the one that was kind of, it's two very well-known wrestlers, but mm. you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't really call them stars per se. I mean, Cobb's obviously getting a push from ring of honor at the moment, but still it's, it's not like, you know, Angelico is kind of exist, exists in this kind of netherworld, doesn't he? Where, mm. It's the same act, and it comes around, and he has his matches. Some people like him. I'm not particularly keen on him. Mm. And in this, I just never found myself engaged in with them in particular. Mm. Aussie Open are smooth as hell, mm. and they never fail to entertain. But, you know, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, Team Suplex, not really for me. Yeah, definitely. Probably the weakest match of, of day one for me, you know, aside mm. from the multi-bomb, but yeah, still, you got to see Aussie Open, so yeah, it was a it was a match, is probably uh, is yeah. my call on it. Uh, but yeah, it was always going to be in the shadow of the the other match in the second half. Jan Simmons and David Starr. Um, Paul. The, the first match for, the, for me, and there was a couple throughout the weekend that had a, that really electric atmosphere. Um, this was just something else, just as far as you know, it was a. Uh, we've kind of seen this as a story kind of develop over a long time now. I mean, obviously, Ian Simmons has been out with injury. Uh, if you believe the stories, he's not a big fan of David Starr in real life, as as well as the character. We kind of had some of that playing out in the crowd as well with. The Germans being very behind David Starr. He's like a, a Hasselhoff yep. figure in Germany, isn't he? He's absolutely beloved, but it was some of the some of the Irish and Brits who were giving David Starr a hard time. Um, but it did make for a great atmosphere. Uh, and for me, it made for maybe the, the best David Starr match I've personally seen that, that didn't have mm. Walton involved. 
Yeah, I, I've, I've seen a lot of David Starr, and he is one of my favourite wrestlers, I Same. must say. Um, Jern Simmons here for me was a really big surprise because mm. at the times you see, I, I last saw Jern Simmons at your call, and again, he's not down to do much in the way of kind of UK dates. And it was fine, he was recognised by a few people, but not a lot. Mm. Here, he he has he has a real great brawler vibe to him, and star so adaptable that he could also fit into it. Mm. And they got the idea of how wild this should be. Yeah. And there was something that started off actually in the pre-show that they did, where one of the commentators, I think Sebastian Holmichael, um, Jern Simmons did a little clip of his hair, That's which right, we yeah. which we saw la- later on, and that kind of factored into the match as well when they were brawling up by where I was stood up on the um, up with the me- up in the media section. Uh, on the balcony mm. and they were coming around and he threw a cane down to him there was a dive outside there was a oh, God, yeah. wonderful wonderful spot where david Starr had some of his chest hair oh, well, was it waxed up was it, it waxed was, off? yeah i mean you're, you're just saying you're bleeding you, yeah well you were in the media bit where star was diving off and i was down on the yeah. floor where he was diving too and like in a couple of seconds, I was kind of like, "Oh my god, that's an insane dive!" And then I saw his chest up close because, yeah, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, and Simmons had, had been waxing Star's chest. That had been a joke coming in, wasn't it? Because this this match was yeah. hair versus hair, and people were wondering whether uh, he even got asked at the media center whether it was David Star's body hair that was going to go. But yeah, Jay and Simmons had a real go at it. And when Star landed off the dive, I went from being shocked at the dive to seeing his bloody chest and and being more shocked at that. That was one of the the more brutal yeah. things i've seen in the match that that david star chest hair is very well embedded in his body it's uh, oh yeah it's <laughs> that's it shouldn't be taken lightly the that stuff getting ripped out no god no <laughs> um if i can just say as well hair versus hair matches i'd be interested in seeing not them all the time obviously but as mm. a stipulation i think it's criminally underrated yeah i think it adds it did add that's like, like a nice sense of drama it? to it yeah mm. there's a real per- there is a personal element to it it, it, it stakes Mm. But but it doesn't sort of dictate perhaps what the match would be like. Mm. It doesn't always have to be like this as a kind of like death match, yeah, or a, or like a wild brawl. You can kind of do anything around it in a pair versus hair. But it does add like a nice little. I can see why it works so well in lucha. Mm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's something that people could do more of. It's something where going in, I kind of expected David Starr to lose just because they're ice balled and a bit on top. But I suppose <laughs> maybe both are. Maybe exactly. Yeah, maybe I should have sort of come with Yen. But yeah, I do think the the her versus Stip added something. Like I say, the, the violence added a lot as well. Like I say, the dives, the staples, the the thumbtacks, the th- those cane shocks were really brutal as well. That, oh, that thing, Jesus! Yeah. My God, he took out one of the reps hard didn't he uh yeah and simmons with that thing you could kind of yep. see it was one of those you know i've seen a lot of hardcore matches recently and people's mileage may vary on them but it was a match where they both genuinely look visually scarred um star you know eventually getting the win with the package child pile driver on the chairs which was kind of the only way it could end after the amount of yes. violence in the match but yeah i kind of appreciated that they both looked like they'd been through a battle and then Yen Simmons especially so with his with his hair getting shaved off and uh, good old Dirty Dragon coming out to uh, to do the cut in a nice baby face role for him. He'd uh, come yeah. back to haunting Blazer in the weekend, but yeah, a, a really good moment as well for the majority of the German fans, uh, if maybe not the, the Brits and Irish. Yeah, it, it felt like a really rewarding end to a feud. Mm. And sometimes they're kind of few and far between, aren't they? And it made for some great visuals. Mm. And I have to say, having seen Yearn afterwards, it's a good look for him. Mm. He kind of he can rock the kind of 
the bald head and the enormous mutton chops that he has, <laughs> which are quite spectacular. Yeah. And also, he has a set of eyes that you could genuinely get lost in. They are <laughs> they are incredible. Well, he, he looked good. I mean, the fact that he had his hair shaved off didn't stop him. I mean, that night, the, the Friday night was kind of the, the main event, the fan event type stuff at the uh, the Oberhausen Open, the uh, the yes. bowling tournament put on by the, the two Sarahs, and he turned up whoa, with Well, Whoa, a... whoa, whoa. I think you'll find WXW arranged that, and they paid <laughs> us all to go. That's, that's, a, that's a fault. That's some fake news that's out there. WXW put on the, uh, the Jim Smallman um stand-up yep. show is that the best way to describe it uh yeah it was the stand-up show yeah, yeah kind of uh, re- relating to the book just <laughs> yeah again i don't think any i think there was like a a very very minuscule number of people from the brits and irish who, who made it to that thing i think arm mm. furious took one for the team and went to went to that but yeah pretty much everybody else went to the bowling uh yen simmons included in his fantastic wig and uh and sunglasses to uh to sell his loss earlier on I think the bowling, though, was kind of spoken about happening before mm. the Jim Smallman announcement had even come. Mm. So I think I remember this when people initially started saying who was who was going to, to Tagley, mm. and it kind of came up that this was going to happen. But it kind of it really expanded yeah. outside. And like you say, just so many thanks to the two Sarahs for that, because there was a hell of a lot of hard work they put into, mm. and it, they made it. It was really fun. I'm so shit at bowling it's untrue <laughs> but i wasn't last and that was the moral victory that i was taking out of that one hey, we um, were, i was like i say i was yeah, i was teamed up with julian nero and we were i think because our game was ahead of everyone else we thought we were winning at one point i inexplicably got a couple of strikes you can see uh, on gary on gary on graps did like a, uh, a periscope feed oh, on yes. it where you can you can see me hit a couple you know i haven't bowled in a few years but i did all right we were in the LA, in a lane and we our lane actually you know, I think me and Nero won our lane, oh. but I think we got overconfident that we were going to win the whole thing. We didn't. We finished oh. fourth uh, overall, but still, I'll take that more than a, a Mark Davis with a with a team that won. I mean, if you look yeah. at Mark Davis, he does look like a lad who'd who'd be good at bowling. Uh, yeah, but I did. I won some. I won some match credit for uh, for getting a. Uh, he's the closest number to number one oh nine. I'll take that. Uh, Again, a good night, really. Just a, a lot of fun, and yeah, it was it was kind of. It felt like that was the moment where the people who hadn't travelled as much as they were sad they hadn't made the wrestling. I did see a lot of people going, "Oh God, that just looks like a like everybody's having a whale of a time, and it's a a place I'd like to be right now." Yeah, it was really good fun. Um, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Got to speak to uh, you know, we met loads of people that mm. weekend. It was um, we or you. Well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> social I'm, butterfly I'm a, JP here. I'm a, I'm a bit more anti-social social than you, but I think you came home knowing the names of pretty much everyone in the turban hall, didn't you? It is. It's just like sort of in my nature. I can't <laughs> help it. Like I don't mean to, and I kind of almost at times feel like I annoy myself because I I talk so much. Um, <laughs> it works I for really podcasting, do. JP. Well, that's it. It's, it ho- hopefully, um, uh, although I imagine some people get wound up listening to me on here. But yeah, that's <laughs> it's kind of who you know. So that kind of event, you've got lots of people who are, who are really meeting up for the first time. I know a lot of it. I, I was spent talking to um, Alan Cheapshot, mm. and it's sort of like you know loads of stuff. Got. It was you know great time hanging out with him. Got a chance to speak to Dennis Burkdale, who was like the creative director. So there was some WXW staff. Mm. You know, a few of the wrestlers came out. Yearn Simmons in his wig. <laughs> that was pretty that was that was pretty incredible um yeah there was just really good fun uh walked back and there was a vending machine that was selling raw meat 
Yeah, uh, just on the street, a... just randomly yeah. on the street, a vending machine full of full sausages. Of I, th- I think like F2 was curry sauce as well, so you could add some curry sauce to your sausages. I still feel like I dreamt that, um, but I didn't. No. We, I think we were actually, I mean, we planned on recording a bit more audio than we did while we were out there, yeah. but we were co- me and you were recording a little uh, Overhouse and Ocean open post show that maybe I'll put at the end of this podcast. I haven't decided oh, yet. Oh, 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 uh, <laughs> we only went oh, about 30 God. seconds and then we stopped because we were completely bemused. We both had a couple of beers and we were very bemused by the fact that there was this meat vendor machine in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's the kind of weird shit you see in Oberhausen. Like <laughs> random statue of a snail, why not? That's you know, ch- chuck that in there. But yeah, vending machine selling meat. Haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, God. Kind of thought thing you just sort of expect in Japan. Mm. <laughs> that's it. I mean, any other notes on the, on the Oberhausen Open? I suppose it was the, the big show of the weekend. It was just a lot it of fun, was. wasn't it? It was a lot of fun, and I, I mean, I think this is something that if there are going to be big shows going on and big weekenders, and and there are fans who are as as willing to work as hard as as, as what the two Sarahs did mm. um, in order to arrange it, and the amount of people who kind of who got involved in it, if that could be a kind of almost regular thing, it's like a fan event for fans. Mm. Um, if there's a big show going on that a meet up and a bit of the bowling, it was you know absolute giggle. <laughs> what kind of human being do you have to be to not at least enjoy bowling? I enjoyed it. I'm shit at it. You'd have to be a very, very angry human being, I think. Very so. angry. <laughs> I mean, I part of it, there was a bit of the shine word off because I had calamity number two on my weekend after the bowling, me and you. Headed back to the McDonald's, of course. Um, I had my laptop bag with me. I'd had a couple <laughs> of beers. Me and you walked back out of the McDonald's, not even eating anything. We went back, got back to our Airbnb. I think I lied in bed for about 45 minutes. And then just all of a sudden, I sat up, bolt right. Shit, where's my laptop? And somehow, I'd left my laptop bag in McDonald's. How did I manage that, JP? Like, I'm just... I don't know. But the thing is, you made your way in the morning oh, God. to go to the bowling alley because you thought he'd left it there and they were insistent oh. they didn't have it. I was like, well, we within the bowling alley, weren't we, to like two in the morning? Uh, yeah. Or at least it felt... Like we, we closed the place down. So, oh, yeah, when I realised I'd lost my laptop, I was just convinced that I'd left it there. So I went back there before they even opened at 10 in the morning to be greeted by, like, the, the most unhelpful... I mean, I understand why it was unhelpful now, but the dude on the desk was just not here. And it's like, nope, there's no way you left your bag here. Uh, I kind of went to have a look where we were st- where our lane was, where I thought maybe I'd left mm. my bag. It was like a comedy of errors because I got there and there was already another bowling tournament taking place. And the one spot where I thought my bag might possibly be was covered by about 100 bags from all of these people who were bowling on the lanes then. It was just a complete, it was a complete disaster. The dude wasn't interested. I was going to go back later and, and hopefully get my bag back. But yeah, I managed to... On my way back, walking back very sadly back to our back to our Airbnb, about to give you the bad news that I'm an idiot who not only lost his bank card and lost his laptop on the same weekend. I thought I'll have a little look, a little search of Twitter. See, I'll search the words laptop and Oberhausen, and I searched it, and the first tweet that came up was a tweet ten minutes ago from the two Sarahs saying, "Did anybody leave a laptop in McDonald's after the Oberhausen Open?" And somehow, oh. JP, in those 30 seconds we were in McDonald's, me, maybe being slightly inebriated, walked in with my laptop, basically put it down, and then turned back and walked out again. <laughs> I mean, you can't take me anywhere. I need an adult, JP. It's just... I, it, that's That was kind of terrifying, that one. <laughs> it, it really was. 
I mean, I was I was so worried because he'd sent a message and I thought, oh no, he's going to be, he's just going to, this week your mood's going to sink, it's going to be... <laughs> it was a horrible find... feeling, but yeah, it thanks a, to... It is a horrible feeling. It was uh, Blaine uh, who uh, who found it, uh, thanks to him. Uh, I did promise to buy him a beer, I don't think I ever actually got round to uh, to being near a bar with him, so I will make sure to buy a beer for him next time I see him. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, a calamity avoided, but... Yeah, uh, I think I think. Do you know what I think? What plan was JP was just to leave all of my belongings in overhousing, and then I've got to go back, haven't I? I've got to go back at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's and, it. And collect them all again. Just that place uh, is a drug, and we're all addicted. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, but yeah, after that, uh, that calamity was avoided. We uh, we headed mm. back to the Terminhaler for Saturday, and yeah, in the afternoon they had the the Femme Fatales tournament. Um, you saw a, a bit more of this than I did. What did you? Yes. you make of it as a as a tournament, JP? Um. In terms of all women's tournaments that I've seen, um, the 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 quality was uh, it was always a, a very good standard. I thought for the most part, there were a couple who were in there who uh, obviously a lot less ex- less experienced. Um, there was a couple of I don't know. There's, there was uh, the way that this division is presented is the way that I think a lot of companies need to look at in the UK and in the US of how you present women's wrestling on a card. Now on the main cards for WXW, this it's not like women's wrestling are making up half of the amount of uh, matches on any, any card at any one time. Mm. But there, what, what there was with this for the film Fatales tournament, there felt like there was real star presence about it. Um, and it started off with Mike Mako Satamura versus Vesna. And for those people who aren't familiar with Vesna, she, um, she doesn't, she's a part-time wrestler um she's but when she is there she's got like a real boss villain aura to her mm. doesn't she she's like the kind of like almost like the gatekeeper of wxw um women's division even though she's not involved in the title scene she's someone there who if you're gonna if, if your name is to mean anything there you have to take her on um and that had uh you know it, it was good it wasn't the greatest but it was fine. I mean, I don't do star ratings. I think there's a lot of a lot of femme fatales that was was of a good level, um, sort of mid ranging to good for the mm. most part. Um, yeah, there was. I, I thought actually one of the matches I did really enjoy was Chris Wolf um, versus Killer Kelly because I think Chris Wolf's really improved mm. in that time as well. She's going to be over there for a month, so I imagine she's going to get really good. She did this insane spot. It was kind of like what Phoenix would do. We're jumping onto the second rope, then onto the top rope, and then onto the alternative um, second rope uh, to come back. Um, it was just incredible. Mm. It was really great. Um, was there any highlights for you for, for this tournament? I think that the highlight for me slash low light was I thought it was a net. I was dying at this point after having a terrible morning and a, and a late night the, yeah. last, the night before when i saw session moth martina was on the car i was like oh this is my opportunity i'll oh. i'll nip out and get a coffee and then it turned out that apparently i missed the best match of <laughs> maybe not the best match of the tournament or maybe one of the best matches of of martina's life i was here yes i mean i saw photos that she's she's made up with the irish she was in the crowd with an irish flag yep. and getting cheered on by her compatriots after making a bit of a show of herself at the after party yep. last time and and making some enemies of the irish fans uh yeah but i heard nothing but but good things about, about her match that was really that's the one that I, I was devastated that i missed do you know what it was 
last year, sorry, last year, it wasn't last year. We were always going to refer to it as last year, but at 16 carats, she had a match with Vader Scott mm. that I don't know if it's, the, it's not the worst match I've ever seen, mm. but it, it's definitely up there. It was so awful. Yeah. And it was at a point when Martina looked like it was a character whose shtick had run its course for me. It still would work in places where people wouldn't see her on a regular basis, but the matches themselves were just over comedy. They wouldn't really sort of necessarily go anywhere. And it just felt very, very stale. Here, there was none of the kind of the cans of drink stuff. She had ring gear that made her look like a wrestler. And she started to look like a wrestler. Mm. I mean, she... And this match here, you know, probably completely underplaying how good Melanie Gray would have been in with it. Because this match still Mm. wasn't like the... You know, it's not like you watched Tanahashi versus Ibushi in the G1. Mm. It was... It was... For a Martina match, where I had such low expectations, I was so pleasantly surprised. She did a jumping onto the second rope, doing a flip onto the other uh, second rope that was just diagonal to it, and then into a code breaker. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I've n- <laughs> I didn't think she was capable of that. But um, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, it, it was it was really good fun for what it was because it was such such a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I think I'm gonna to have to go back now and uh, watch the VOD yeah. just to just to see that one in it when it pops up on WXW could, now. I, I could be wrong because I've not seen it again since, mm. but I'm I'm really intrigued to see that again myself. Like, was this just a weird dream that maybe I had? But <laughs> that's a but yeah, it was a. I mean, all in all, I thought it was a fun mm. show. Lots of short matches, but. Again, yes. a good showcase for, for Mako, the fact that she was, again, she lost to Tony Storm on night one, but obviously they had uh, bigger ideas for her. Um, not going to yeah. be the you know the biggest accomplishment in her career, winning the Femme Fatales tournament, but still, it felt like a big deal, and it felt like you know she was already somewhat over with the audience, but she's someone who I think, uh, yeah, WXW will be bringing back a lot, and someone who, yeah, we've definitely seen, like you said, yeah. take up uh, a bit of a home in Europe now, so yeah, we'll, I'll expect to see her back. I would say a bit of a shout out for Lufisto, who worked a lot over the weekend, mm. um, who I hadn't seen before. And one of the reasons that we hadn't seen her is she'd, she'd only got back from having um, cancer. Mm. And she worked a lot over the weekend and, you know, really established her character necessarily. I mean, her matches were, were generally fine. She was on the inner circle match we were at as well. And she made her way to, through to the final here um, after having a, a, a shock upset over, over Tony Storm. Um, it was it was a nice tournament. I think this in about maybe three four years time could have a really interesting lineup if there's enough if the if the kind of overall roster of women wrestling working throughout Europe the way the way that it could go. I think you could have some some really good matches in here, and, and especially if you get some sort of invitational guests like Mako Satamura to come in as well. Mm, definitely. Uh, should we talk some night two? Oh, we have to, and there's only one place to start. Sorry. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, we'll talk the the other Avach and Bivach matches from this day, but yeah. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, Bobby Guns was the main event. It wasn't intended to be, was it, with uh, Absolute Andy, supposed to be the, the reigning champion coming in for a three-way here. Yep. He was injured. We saw him knocking about, didn't we? He was kind of hovering around the the media a bit. He was a shoulder injury, we'd say, that he had. Was that the shoulder story? injury? Well, that was the thing. It mm. wasn't announced the night before, mm. and Maybe I don't know what he got still go. the hours. Yeah, poss- yeah, that's probably it. Because mm. he, he wasn't involved. Mm. 
So the whole time I was kind of convinced there was going to be an angle mm. beforehand, before the match started. When the match started, something else entirely different took over. <laughs> it kind and of, it did, didn't it? The thought- fact that this pure coincidence that he's not there and that WXW do... I love that they do an interim title match. I think that's a lesson from MMA you can take, can't you, and apply yeah. to, to many promotions that they did this interim title match with Ilya and Bobby Guns. But yeah, what it was replaced with was uh, was something else altogether, wasn't it? Absolutely. I've never been at a show where... Uh, there's been dueling chants mm. and some of them have lasted a couple of minutes. Yeah. This one lasted 15 mm. minutes. 15 unbroken <laughs> didn't stop you, you'll hit you would have heard it mm. on on this on this show already it, 15 minutes of that wow. and at points you thought it might sag and it just built back <laughs> up again at points i think the wrestlers were hoping it would sag i mean i was i was kind of doing again i, I kind of like to move around when i'm in, in the building mm. and i was moving around just taking it in as it was happening took a couple of videos for the indie corner account as I was on tweeting mm-hmm. duties that night and just yeah it was just it was just special um it was it, it felt like again you know i talked about maybe in slightly critical terms the david star and yen simmons atmosphere where it was partisan but it felt like the booze for david star weren't based on anything story based they were very much yeah based on you know i don't know his conduct on twitter the fact that he's allegedly a bit of a dick in real life that you know that that's some people's uh, version of events again i love david star so i i'm not, I'm not yeah. really, i don't subscribe to any of that but it did feel a little bit i don't know more personal mm. and not to do with the the wrestling in the ring uh which i don't love but here it was a lot of the i mean this is the positive of, of it isn't it you know a lot of the the irish and the brits have taken bobby guns on as kind of our wrestlers yes. with the guns bobby guns chance uh so that was kind of i think they they were leading the bobby gun side and then there were a lot of germans but also so, some brits and irish cheering for Ilya as well and it was just yeah this, this kind of just perfect almost happy accident that it happened again there was it was 15 minutes long and it did i kind of described it to people it sounds wrong to say it but it felt like the i mean the wrestlers were very much wrestling in a vacuum for that 15 minutes it was almost yes. like again bad comparison but like you know when you watch a match on mute at home and you can't really like i've done that before i've had like a podcast going on in the background or music playing and i'm just i've kind of just got like i do it with wwe a lot i can't stand the commentary and there's a match going on in the background and you don't really know <laughs> you know what the react the natural reaction is to any of the moves and that was kind of what this was like was the wrestlers just went out there and i don't know whether you I mean, what's your take on it? Was it a fault? The wrestlers went oh. out there, just did their match, and didn't really... It didn't feel like they changed much for the crowd. It even felt like there were points where they were... I mean, Bobby Guns outright was shushing the fans, you know, when he was trying to do his finger break spots, that he clearly had worked into that section of the match. So we yeah. was going to do it by hook or by crook. I don't know, where'd you stand on it? I thought it was an absolutely special atmosphere to be a part of i mean ian hamilton went five stars on the match just because of mm. the crowd reaction because he was saying he'd not heard anything like it ever before um yeah i don't know where, where'd you land on on those points jp well i think the first thing to say is i need to re-watch the match mm. that's like i think, and it's, and as a, I think we need to watch the t- match to be honest that's it and as a time of recording it's only just come up on wxw now mm. so for us this is it, it was an ex- it was as close, I don't know, of similar experiences being in a place where the 
it's almost like they were both two over, mm. if that made any sense. <laughs> I couldn't say if it was five stars or not, because there were certain, like you say, there are certain spots within the match. But the the crowd, the first 15 minutes, mm. it was impossible to take in. Now, where I was stood, as I was for most of the weekend, up around the sort of media and production area, I'm watching their watching the reactions, and their reactions are like ones of incredulity. And the commentary team, um, Rico Bushido, a absolute like lovely guy, just a complete just bundle of energy, mm. is up there going absolutely berserk on the um, on the balcony doing the commentary. You just see him just motioning about and moving, and you're you're watching this and you just couldn't help but feel this is like more akin to a kind of uh, an experience felt like Hogan rock would have felt if you were there where mm. it's just, it's not so much about the wrestling. Yeah. It's just about this kind of event that has been created. And like you say, completely by accident, mm. no one had intended to do that. Yeah. It, when it broke, I was glad that it broke. It was a super set, a superplex spot. And when that broke the chanting and it's all, <laughs> burst into applause yeah and that was better because then it felt that people got back into the match it's not like they they were lost i've got mixed feelings of that i kind of think that it went 15 minutes past and we just wanted it to go the whole match because well, that, that would have been the test and that would be the test for carrot it felt historic didn't it but th- but then again there's another part of me that kind of shares what you're saying that yeah i was kind of glad because it meant when it went into the finishing stretch we got not that the the cheering wasn't organic, but we kind of got organic reactions to the individual moments, as you'd expect in in any big match. And we all got to kind of take in the drama of the of the of the near falls at the end, and take in the big moment when when Ilya hit the torpedo Moscow and went over. Um, so yeah, I think as a match, it was probably better that it stopped. But yeah, as a moment, part of me kind of wants that to go on. I'm so split on it. I really, uh, even now, you know, a few days after to taking it in, mm. I'm still not sure what my overall opinion on it is. I think I can tell you that people should go out and watch it. And like you say, the VOD is just dropping at time of recording. So people should, should f- find a way to see it because it is, you know, you said Hogan Rock, uh, Joe Kabashi is probably the best live attendance, yeah. best atmosphere I've ever had at a live match. This was probably just as loud, just for for other reasons. And yet, it was very Hogan Rock in the sense of it wasn't so much about the work in the ring. It was well, you know, in some ways the work in the ring, but you know, mainly about the crowd reaction. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just their don't charisma, know. the wrestlers' charisma. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're both incredibly charismatic wrestlers and very, very different in their charisma. Mm. Bobby Guns really has that kind of cool, laid back. Um, he's not a chicken shit heel, mm. but he's just like he doesn't care. Mm. And and against sort of Ilya's just pure bundle of intensity, mm. it the two really work together. Mm. Um, and obviously they previously been in the, the faction Cerberus, I believe. Um, so it was these two hometown, go- hometown guys. And I don't know. It just sort of felt, oh, I'm sort of completely confusing myself as I say all of this. It was just an incredible p- thing to be a part of. Mm. I have to see it again though. Yeah. Cause I, like you say, I, yeah, I'm completely confused about it now. Mm. I don't know whether it's five stars or is it three. If you're <laughs> go into that, it could be either. Yeah, definitely. But memorable, isn't it? It's just I won't remember. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. forget that night anytime soon. I can't remember 
like a, a knight like it being other than yeah. like I say that Joker Boshi knight maybe comes close for me personally, but generally yeah, in, in Europe, I can't think of a better atmosphere in a match. And everyone we spoke to, you know, from the media and you know the other fans who travel out, everyone this was what everyone was talking about, wasn't it? At the end of night two and the the end of the weekend is just yeah one of the most memorable things that uh, that any of us have uh, have been a part of in European wrestling. Um, yeah, I mean, any other notes on, on happenings from night two? I mean, in the in the blocks themselves, oh. as far as the the tag league goes, I mean, easy to forget with that with that main event. But I really loved Ring Camp and the Lucha Brothers. Felt like a yes. Walter and Tim Thatcher against Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Junior or Penta, whatever his name is, this week. That is not a match where I would expect again, like kind of like what I was saying on night one, the teams to have that the kind of chemistry that they had, but. They did. It was a just a special feeling match, and just again, another the crowd was electric for this one too. They had <laughs> instant chemistry chemistry with each other. I thought at the time it was my match of the tournament, but then again, I don't know where to go in the main event. Um, it was just one of those matches where it just felt special. Like every time Walter and Pentagon got in the ring together, that felt that just felt like a moment. Those, you know, I I stood up close for this one, got myself down on the floor for it, and just to yeah. see those two squaring up to each other, who are as big a stars as you get in the in the indie world, both with so much aura. Imagine wanting to see either of them fellas contracted to WWE or elsewhere and doing anything other than this kind of stuff. You know, two wrestlers whose strengths are their hard hits, and Pentagon's got his promos and his look, and Walter's got a very distinctive style. I can't. I mean, I just can't believe anyone would want to see the WWE presentation of those two when you could see them. And I, you know, I got to see it up close and personal here, yeah, square up against each other on a show like this or a show near you. Uh, this is the perfect presentation of those wrestlers, and just for me, the perfect presentation of those tag teams. Yeah, I can't say any better, better myself. Um, like you, I didn't think there was going to be a better match all weekend mm. than this one. It, Lucha Brothers are incredible. I mean, I, I would say I'm kind of hotter on Phoenix than I am Penta, and that's not a slight on Penta. He's mm. He's got such presence to him. Phoenix does some ridiculous stuff. His rope walking stuff's insane, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely insane. And Thatcher, again, kind of completely, you know, it, it just working so well. All of these parts that shouldn't work, that worked brilliantly. Mm. And that basically being allowed to kind of i imagine organize their own match and like you say if the you know if they have if that interest ends up becoming a hard offer for lucha brothers or or walter Mm. it'll be tragic when the world can't see these types of matches which showcase them to the best degree this one is an absolute must see Definitely, yeah, that's it. It's the, again, it's this block A. Uh, I'm probably going to say that about pretty much all of the block A matches, but very yeah. much, uh, very much must see. I definitely echo that, JP. Um, any other highlights then from the, this day too? Uh, oh, Akami CCK. Mm. Um, that was, that was fun. That was fantastic. Again, um, again, we're going into sort of block A stuff. We can't mention the shotgun championship because there's there's spoilers on that. Um, uh, yeah, really, that's Tony Storm Vesna was was uh, was okay, and I actually I enjoyed Aussie Open Monster Consulting. And one of my main takeaway from that mm. was that it felt like a real 
classic US title match in early 90s WCW. I promise we won't get sidetracked <laughs> on this. But that's that for me felt like uh, just something really special mm. um, between two teams who should be having these matches in the UK, mm. frankly. And I'll probably leave that as the... Well, I'll mention more about that at the end. Mm. Um, what about for you? Yeah, I think, Mike? I mean... I'd agree with that, that, you know, most of the consultant are, are so over in, with oh. you know, the traveling fans. And I do think that they'd have a really nice niche if they did like an OTT or something like that. Uh, hopefully they, they make them make their way over at some point. Um, I'd, I'd definitely, I mean, I'd, I'd share your love. Uh, I don't know. I think all in all, I think the A block is the strongest, but I would share your love for yeah. that match. But yeah, I think for me, uh, it's all about the Lucha Brothers ring camp match on that day. But again, yep. I think CCK and uh, CCK and Okami kind of kind of gave a bit of a you know an argument for another really strong match on the show. Yeah, uh, I think I think Kamatami and, and Gresham kind of going back and forth on on submissions and again <laughs> some big near falls in there. The fact that you know I wasn't hugely familiar with Okami coming in, but again, were they going to have chemistry with TCK? It turned out they did. I, I mean, it probably feels like at this point anyone can have a chemistry with Jonathan Gresham. But yeah, I thought that really delivered. Uh, I thought, as far as you know, memorable things on day two, I kind of thought that the angle was a big one for me. The fact that Dirty Dragon, um, oh, sorry, and getting taken out by Ian Simmons, that was really memorable. I mean, they had the. Uh, Dirty Dragon coming out and kind of uh, talking about how his, you know, he'd gone through rehab and that his, his life, you know, he was he was trying to end this trial series that he's been doing on on a high note. Uh, and they really told a good story there. He was great on the mic. Mm. Um, they had Emil Satochi out there with him as well. Um, and then Yen Simmons came out, and Yen Simmons is incredible on the mic as well. Um, just. I think as far as, you know, non-native English speakers, I think both of them are really, really strong. And Alexander James, who's someone who people had been rumoured would be uh, coming back proper to WXW uh, imminently, did come back, turned up with Yen Simmons, and they really laid the beat down on Emil Sosochi and Dirty Dragon, uh, setting up a a match on on day three. Um, I really did think, yeah, there were great matches on day two. But as far as memorable things, just again, the performance of all those men was a was a big thing for me. Dragon's so over, and he his role as the mascot of of WXW. Yeah, that's what he is, isn't he? The mascot. That's what he is. Yeah, and so there's real love for him. Mm. I'd say the last match I saw him in was the match he had against Walter, which I think was at Shortcut to the Top, mm. um, or it could be the the feature event before that. And you know, as a, as a wrestler, um, he's you know, you're not expecting to kind of get necessarily great matches out of him, but he's such a lovable baby face mm. in almost the purest sense of what they have in mm. WXW. Um, yeah, just made for a really hot and heated angle. Definitely, yeah. And that kind of bled into into the into night three um, and a big moment in a match on that, the, the sad day uh, that we're about to get into. But yeah, after yeah. after the night two and after that big main event, we had the uh, the after party, which is a tradition on these WXW weekenders. Uh, probably shouldn't say too much about that, should we, JP? What happens at the after party stays at the there. after party. Oh, but Bloody right, it does. <laughs> there was some karaoke. The, uh, the Brits did uh, uh, Three Lions, which seems like a mistake 
say uh, a lot of heat there from uh, from not only the Germans but also uh, some of the other traveler fans. Uh, I didn't get the up Irish in the fans, end. yeah, yeah, that's it. They weren't happy. I wanted to get up and do Lincoln Park in the end with Sarah Flan, but we asked for the song and it turned out some of the Beatles by about thirty seconds to do it. That's my party piece, that JP. I really wanted to do it Aww. to get up and do that. Uh, the ring camp theme coming on was was a, was a highlight as well, and everyone doing their best Walter impression. It's wacky the after party, isn't it? Uh, it's kind of a strange Absolutely. scene with a, a mix of fans, wrestlers, karaoke, and then maybe the more adult bit on the outside where people are just chilling out and uh, and just enjoying the night. Uh, yeah, always worth yeah. doing and always a, a hot ticket, isn't it, on these weekends? Oh, it is. Um, absolutely recommend it as well. I'm, I'm too old for karaoke, so <laughs> I, I kind of like to relax um, <laughs> away from that because I'm a bit too old for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's always really good fun and it people are winding down. Mm. They've kind of, you know, especially after what they'd seen that they'd done on the night too as well, you could tell that there was a real high around the place mm. because of the, the atmosphere in that main event and, and how it had carried through definitely there certainly was um but yep we kind of led in from there the saturday night after party to again we got back very late got up got up on the sunday uh, got back for the uh the, the it's kind of the the fan convention where they do the what used to be the shotgun tapings but they did one large uh shotgun taping uh shotgun mm-hmm. xxl was that how they uh that's they right announced it yeah we can't really talk about that because it's still uh spoiler embargoes uh, not a huge amount memorable to be honest for me from that but it'll be interesting uh what form that takes and what happens with you know it's the... road road two shows mm. rather like new japan isn't it that's the route that they've that's gone the idea down. yeah i mean i i mean the people rave about the weekly show and i don't always watch it but when i do watch it i do always it's not so much about the matches yeah. for me because uh, the matches can be taken from random house shows and they're not always that interesting to me but the backstage promos are the interesting bit so i'm hoping that stays alive you know whether it be stuff that they shoot at the big shows like the road two shows like you said or whether mm. they do you know mini episodes on youtube i used to enjoy that yeah was it top five moments of shotgun that they put on youtube that was always an an easy way to to catch yourself up with wxw Uh, i don't know whether you could do something like that but yeah it'll certainly be missed it it really will be because i think it kind of filled a gap for people like me who've only relatively recently started watching lots of wxw it was a useful easy program to watch to get into it Mm. and then occasionally they have matches like walter pete dunn Mm. Yeah. And you think, like, my God, that's incredible. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that it works. I'm hoping they don't lose the promos. That's one of the things they've done so successfully is build up their characters. Mm, definitely. Yeah, so hopefully they can uh, continue to do that in some form. Uh, but mm. yeah, uh, after that, we had the we had the big night three. Um, again, a, another night of great matches. I mean, let's start with the with the A block. Um, things wrapped up there with a, an opening match. Again, you know, I said before the okay, maybe going in, I wasn't hugely familiar with Okami, but I woke up on on Sunday morning thinking I'm going to see Ring Camp against Okami tonight, and I couldn't be more excited. Who the, I would have said that <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago, um, and yet yeah, I think this was a match where they kind to kick things off with this but i was sure to make sure again i was stood on the floor as close to the ring as i could it was kind of everything you'd want you know essentially big lads hitting probably the hardest shots i've ever seen live and up close uh i don't think i've seen anything like it walter's chest was an absolute mess that was interesting to me considering the damage he gives out 
Uh, I yeah. think it was probably mainly Pentagon and the, the, the chops that he was hitting to Walter um, previously that were maybe the reason, but he was a bit of a bloody mess. Uh, but yeah, just absolutely incredible. Uh, a match that I was really looking forward to. Okami kind of crashed out of the running here, uh, but got big please come back chance from the WXW fans. And yeah, had an incredible weekend with four really, really strong matches. Oh, yeah. I uh, want to see them more. <laughs> you know, I really that they're, they're they're such a such a fantastic team. Mm. Um, and like you, didn't know too much about them beforehand. It was a very simple match. Mm. This one, it wasn't like they were sort of reinventing the wheel or anything, but it just felt like a a proper. I don't know if this is probably going very big on it. If you'd seen it on an all Japan card, mm. it wouldn't have looked out of place at all. Mm. What's the that style of Walter and Thatcher, isn't it? It kind of fits something yeah. like that. It fits, you know, wrestling a team like this. Um, you got to believe this is the kind of stuff they love, and it's the kind of stuff that makes me hopeful that uh, that we're never going to lose Walter, and he's never going to going to disappear off the Indies. Never go, Walter. Just <laughs> never go. Fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, the other big A block batch on on this day before yep. we got to the final was CCK against Penta and Phoenix. Uh, again, kind of bored of saying it, but another standout match from the A block. Again, I, I kind of totted up, you know, as far as I haven't had the chance to uh, do proper star ratings on it, but I don't think there was a match below four stars in that A block. Um, no. Again, Brooks and Gresham are a great team. Penta and Phoenix were, were there to blow people away throughout the weekend. Yeah, another another really strong match from the A block that uh, definitely from an in-ring point of view had the bebop beat yeah it did um, yeah it sounds boring like you say just watch all of that A block yeah. I mean it was it, they were all incredible everyone absolutely delivered in this um, I have to say Gresham's um, shooting star press is a thing of beauty mm. he just absolutely gets it it's completely right um, yeah I've felt though from this point onwards, mm. the show like it hit to a really high peak. Mm. Uh, did it, was it the same for you? It just kind of at that point started to slight decline. I know it was at the end of a long week of a mm. long weekend, but I think part of it's the fact that again we started with the big A block matches, but yeah, yeah I think the fact that it's a long weekend, I think that hurts as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, like I say, the the A block was the big matches. We got to get that, and then yeah, the middle of the card was very very story based i mean the b block matches it was more about kind of i mean we had a lot of tragedy on this day uh yes lots of tragedy on this day and that was very much uh, about the fact that monster consultant kind of crashed out um i thought they were done the day it was very complex wasn't it that we were all trying to work out like it was the world cup trying to work out who goes through if it uh, if there were ties at the top of the groups because monster consultant had already lost to Aussie Open the day before. So I thought they were out of the running if, if they tied with them, but they'd actually mm. had they had a win, didn't they, over JFK? So that made it really complicated. So it was still interesting from a, a storyline point of view that, that anybody could go through. Um, but yeah, just really kind of sad that 
I think Avalanche and uh, and Nero have got such goodwill, haven't they, with the WXW fans? They crashed out against Cobb and Angelico in a in a solid match, but again, more of a story match that saw <laughs> them two doing whatever they could to try and get a win and oh, keep themselves in the tournaments. I think it would have went to a I don't know a, a raffle or something to work out who would go yeah. through if they'd have won. It was all uh, a little bit complex. We were all rushing around upstairs asking each other what's going to happen next, and mm. and like and word came through they're drawing lots. Mm. I think I think it came from um, Alan Farrell mm. for for that to come through. Um, it was tragic the moment the Monster Consultant had to hand over the tag belts because obviously they're at stake mm. um, in the tournament as well, mm. um, and that and that was tragic. And what made it worse was uh, the team who, as you said, had had uh, twenty matches. With them, JFK, they end up going through at the final mm. when they. Uh, I think that just compounded it, didn't it? It did, yeah. It just made things that that bit worse. Mm. Um, and it was the same assisted pin, mm. which I I have to admit, I, I I kind of I wanted them to win a bit stronger, perhaps that that would have suited it. I mean, he wouldn't have necessarily fit into the gimmick, but yeah. What did you make of this one? Yeah, I think again, I I I kind of like the the shitbag JFK team kind of cheating the way through to the final um, with that kind of low blow double kind of both of them involved in the roll up combination that they that they did the night before as well. We- uh, I think it just adds to the adds to the tragedy more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of again. That's my main takeaway from this night three is just the tragedy, the tragedy of it. Because I mean, not only did we have that before we even talk about the final, you know, you set up on the night before as we just talked about having, you know, Dirty Dragon as we said is absolutely adored by mm. the WXW fans. So him and Emil Sestochi against Alexander James and Yen Simmons was a great little brawl to have. Um, and again, a, a good match in five minutes. That one, yeah. I mean, again, but yet little is probably the word, isn't it? As yeah. far as brawls go, it went short, but I thought it was a great showing for Dragon. I thought he was really good as kind of the oh. underdog in the match. You know, taking a beating and wanting to to fight back, and he was fighting for his WXW career, and he has such a such an emotional connection with the crowd. Just to have mm-hmm. him, yeah, lose and and crash out of WXW for the foreseeable future. Just again, you know, added added onto Monster Consultant crashing out, and again by by Luke dropping out of the tournament, they lost their tag belt, so that's sad. Dirty Dragon's gone for a WXW, that's sad. Just yeah, a whole load of uh, of sad endings starting to to pile up on there on this part of the show. They did they do that well though. They're not frightened to do that when they did it with Andy beating David Starr at Carrot, mm. and people and people were upset about that. I think that that's one of the things they do do well. They're, they're not frightened to kind of give you the tragic moments as well in there. Mm. And it and it adds to it. But Dragan was, yeah, he. I mean, just as someone being annihilated and then getting up and fighting, I mean, like classic kind of Mikey Whipwreck style mm. to it. Um, and he was, he was so over. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Mm. And whenever he returns, I would imagine at Carrot, That'll be absolutely, you know, the crowd's going to go completely batshit for that one. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. I think there's... He's a character, isn't he, where I was kind of looking at it and going, you know, he's someone who I think people have a genuine connection to. There were were elements of the crowd. People... There were some people, weren't they, in the balcony booing? Oh, yeah. And... chanting hey goodbye and things like that and getting chanted shut the fuck up because it was you know they were trying to build a 
uh, I don't know, an emotional moment, and it kind of was hurt a little bit by elements of the crowd. I mean, he is a comedy wrestler, and he's not, you know, a polished actor in ring, so I kind of get people not liking him. I, I saw uh, Ian Simmons on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, was saying that uh, somebody came up to him after the show and was like, oh, I'm, th- I'm glad you got rid of that talentless hat, Dick. Dirty Dragon from WXW, or like where's that effect? And Yen, who's someone who he's not one of those wrestlers who's keeping kayfabe at the merch table or after no. the show, as we saw at the uh, the bowling tournament. Yeah, he just told the guy to fuck off because he loves Dirty Dragon, and he was saying on Twitter how emotional it was to be part of that moment. Um, yeah, that that kind of hurt it a little bit, but you're right. You know, as and when you can bring him back, that can be a big moment, can't it? And sometimes with maybe the more comedy-styled wrestlers, maybe sometimes it's good to take a a bit of a break. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to find positives in a a really sad situation because, yeah, he's someone who maybe he's not the best in ring, but uh, you want to see him in and around WXW, don't you? So, yeah, it really got me as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just tears. (laughs) That's it. I think we were all uh, sharing one, one or two tears uh, after that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything on, uh, I mean, the other, before we get into the main event, mm. uh, Lucky Kid and Tarkan Aslan had a match. Uh, brothers feuding, brothers who were in Rise together. Uh, Rise, the stable, it just won't go away. Uh, my kind of theory on it is that they're just keeping the name around so that when eventually Bad Bones does come back in six months or in a year, he can yep. take up where he left off and you can have a battle over the Rise name or something. Because, yeah, we're pretty left, pretty much left now with Pete Bouncer, uh, Ivan Kiev and Lucky Kid. And it does seem like Lucky Kid, who's kind of become the, the star of the trio, um, mm. kind of cool that he gets to end this story and take out Tarkan Aslan and get a big win. You know, you you were saying that you wanted to see a little bit more of him on this weekend, but I was glad that he got his big moments here uh, and got the big win. He loves, you know, he is Mr. Raz. He loves the finger taunt. Uh, it's kind of cool for the character that that he got that moment. Uh, but yeah, be interesting to see uh, where they go from here with him. Wasn't the, the strongest match either, but then again, Tarkan Aslan was in there. That's it, yeah. He's he's not particularly great. He's a fantastic talker. And as a talker for Marius Alani, he's going to be superb. Um, I can see that as a combination working really well. Because I think Alani... You know, he got involved in this match the first time we've even spoken about him because he was involved in shotgun stuff the entire weekend. Mm. Um, Alani is such, uh, like, I think he, as a heel, he's got something to him, and Tarkin Aslan could do, could build him up in that role. And hopefully, mm. that seems to be the direction they're going to go in with Lucky Kid as getting involved um, in the whole kind of in, in the situation with Marius Alani now. And I think that's going to be a feud that's going to do both of them the world of good. Mm. Um, as a match yeah like you say very quick but that rise entrance makes him seem like such a big star mm. yeah it does it does I think it, and he's, if I was going to keep it around for anyone I'd keep it for him uh, or keep yes. a version of it for him just because he yeah the, the character loves all that stuff um yeah, so yeah, I think again, I think he's a big winner of uh, the mm. last year or so of WXW booking. This felt like somewhat of the the blow off for the feud, um, although yeah. it was a bit short and although it wasn't the best. So maybe they'll be tempted to go for, for rematches, but I think this is what you want to do. You want to put Lucky Kid over, and maybe yeah. he wants to move on to to other things that uh, that don't involve his uh, his brother in arms. Mm. Should we talk about the main event then? Yeah, let's do it. Final sad moment of the weekend. Just yes, we talked earlier about yeah Avalanche and Nero 
losing the belts without straightforward losing them in a match, uh, crashing out of the tournament. And I think maybe this is the moment where I think people joined, jumped on your bandwagon that it, it felt likely that it, it would be cruel irony if uh, JFK, their rivals, went the whole way and won the tournament. Mm. Um, maybe part of me thought there was a chance that uh, the TCK could go over, but I really did think it worked as a match. I mean, I've I seen people critical of it because it wasn't... I don't know, maybe people were hoping for a big work rate match to close things out, maybe something involving Ring Kampf and Cease, Ring Kampf in there, um, maybe, I think Ring Kampf against even JFK might have worked, or Ring Kampf against Aussie Open, or Aussie Open mm. against CCK, they were kind of the combinations I was thinking of, but instead we kind of got this straightforward heel versus face match, wasn't it really, it was kind of yeah. a lot of JFK healing, and they're very good at doing that sniveling style um but also it kind of worked well with the the big cck babyface comebacks and their their big near falls kind of slotted in well to this traditional kind of heel and face match and we'd seen a lot of awesome matches throughout the weekend and again i'm not saying it was on the level of any of those but for something different and for a main event where you are trying to get your big heel tag team over uh i think it did work it did and it was um the crowd really hated JFK, and I think that's the thing that, because they hated them so much, it did the job it needed to do at the time. Mm. Even though I thought JFK were going to win, there was I, I kind of wanted CCK to win. Mm. Maybe I wanted that big moment at the end, and the yeah. fact that they had such good matches over the weekend. They don't give you that uh, to WXW, though, don't they? Isn't the line something no. about, you don't want to have pudding every night? Was that the line from that's CMJ? It. It's like I saying before, it's, it's just about, treat- like, they do tragedy well, mm. like not to the point where it alienates you. You want to see what happens. They're pushing it with the three sad, with the three very sad endings on this night. They are on this one, but imagine what Carrot will be like mm. in terms of in terms of reactions when people get their revenge. I mean, I hope JFK start to have some really killer matches because I feel for me that was the one thing about them. It, 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 this was the best match they had mm. for me, uh, over the weekend in general. Yeah. They're very good. They're still relatively new, fresh, as they would say. Um, and Gresham did some like amazing kickouts in this match. And I just feel for me that maybe, I don't know, perhaps I maybe felt it was a bit too soon, dare I say, to kind of go, go there with them yet and maybe have them. But anyway, they've gone with them. Mm. They know what they're doing. I have faith that it's going to work out. Mm. But the yeah, crowds weren't happy. I definitely wouldn't say it was. I think, yeah, it felt like the moment to do it, to be honest. Kind of this big setting uh, to kind of, I don't know, put them over the top. And like I say, give us that cruel irony of them winning and Monster Consult and losing. And I do think that, yeah, I think you're right mm. that, that they're a team who, as far as in-ring matches go, there's there's things to prove. But this gave me hope, this match. This may be, this again, like you said, this was their strongest match. A lot of it was, you know, being in there with Gresham and Brooks, especially Gresham. I mean, him yeah. just refusing to die with the... There was a couple yeah. of one-count kickouts, wasn't there? Where I love the story of him trying to do the one-count kickouts, and there was an element of the crowd that was starting to do John Cena chance towards him. Uh, but he did it in a very logical way, because he kept trying to kick out at one to the point where he just couldn't anymore, and he got beaten. Yeah. Um, and he was the pe- in, in a way, he was the perfect man to take that pinfall and, and to lose. Um, it just... Yeah, I think they, they really, really put together something 
worthy as a final, if not as strong as some of the stuff in the A block. Um, but still good stuff. And again, it had Gresham in there. You know, if yeah. I haven't heaped enough praise on there, it was absolutely my uh, my MVP of the tournament altogether. Yeah, yeah, I'd completely go with that. Um, between actually possibly Akami as just being a sheer surprise, mm. if we're talking about um, on that front. Yeah, it's it's... It's funny you mention it now with all the tragedy. I think it's starting to get to me at this point. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> but, um, it's the tiredness, JP. The, the long weekend and the, the sadness just of being home from overhousing. Can, yeah, it was kind of like night two was the highest of highs and then yeah. WXW brought us crashing down on night three. I mean, we're both still very... <laughs> we'd still recommend for everyone to travel out, but it did it did have a, yes. a bit of effect on everybody's mood on Sunday night, didn't it? And I think that's one of the other things as well about finals is mm. that... It's the long weekend. They've had very long matches throughout it. Everyone is tired. The crowd is tired. Was it six shows in four days? Mm. That's a lot. Standing up for all of them as well. So I think <laughs> hey, at that we're point... We're all JP. We've got to complain about so, that. Oh, all knees, I mean, all backs. Oh, <laughs> God, yes. I can't do that anymore. I need to be. I need to get myself a little sort of uh, mobility scooter, I think, to take me about for the foreseeable future. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see where they go from here. Mm. Um, they've set up a lot of stuff. They've concluded some of the storylines. There's enough sort of highs and lows to go on from for here. So it's not like they don't have directions they're going to go in. Mm. And the company, you just sort of say, fingers crossed that WWE stay away from them, stay mm. away from their talent as much as possible. And they're going to be, you know, going from strength to strength in a slightly bigger arena next year. Yeah, that's it. In the bigger room in the Turban and Holler for Carrot. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, and yet maybe some of the, the sad stories we had here will be paid off with happy endings oh. between now and then and, and maybe a Carrot. I suppose overall, I mean, the thing I take from the weekend, and I suppose mm. we're doing our roundups now, is is that how special the Turban Haller is mm. in terms of a, a wrestling venue that in the era of wrestling tourism and a lot more people doing it and the availability to be able to do it once you you've seen they're on demand, you need to get yourself out there as mm. a live experience. It's just not to be bettered. Mm. Um, we've been twice and just already thinking, yeah, going for carrot. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I can't see a, a situation where I'm not traveling out there. I mean, it, it's easy for us to say, isn't it? We do get the media access and that's nice. Mm. Um, and that's fantastic, you know, WXW, like I mentioned at the start of the show, do treat us very well, and that's another reason for us to go, isn't it? But just if you're a, a general fan, like I say, cheaper to fly out there than it is if you live in the north to uh, to get the train down to London yeah. for a wrestling show. You can stay out there reasonably cheap. Um, the show tickets are on the expensive side. I think it's €90 Euros for a weekend pass. Um, yeah. But a, a €90 Euros that genuinely hand on heart, I'd probably say if our press credentials got pulled, I'd probably pay it to go to Carrot. Yeah. Carrot especially, because you know they're going to have a, up their sleeve all kinds of announcements coming up for that. Um, yeah, it's just, it feels like a, a wrestling pilgrimage that everybody should do. You know, just the fact mm. that, just being out there, you know, after the, the show on Sunday, we all went for for a meal. Um, what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, where The Alex. The Alex, that's right, where uh, Alan Farrell has been going for 10 years and he always tells a story about the fact the first time he went, it was him and one other dude. Uh, I think Carrot this year was the biggest amount of people, but I think 
for Tag League, you know, this Sunday, there was a, a good number of us in there, wasn't there? Uh, too many yeah. to fit on even one very, very 50. big table. Yeah, again, like 50 people or so. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, isn't it? Being out there with, mm. again, the great and good of, you know, British uh, and Irish podcasting and, uh, you know, not forgetting, you know, the likes of Brother Mort and uh, and Strigger, Denmark and, and Germany, respectively. But just being yeah. out there with, I don't know, the, the like-minded fans and, Things like the, like say the bowling tournament, the Obars at Open that the the Sarahs put on, and just that that sense of community. I think that's a, that's a big thing of uh, of what makes these weekends uh, really memorable, as well as you know some of the best wrestling you'll see anywhere. Oh, absolutely! I mean, there's there's almost too many people you you have to thank mm. for making it such a great time of it because being with those fans makes it a great a great time. Mm. It's. It's so special and it's, you know, comparing it to WrestleMania is a kind of strange thing to do at the best of times, mm. given what the Turban Hall is like. <laughs> but it feels like if you can't really afford to do Mania, yeah. go to Carrot, do that instead, because that is going to be well worth it. Mm. You're going to have a fantastic time. You're going to be amongst a lot of like-minded wrestling fans mm. and you have wonderfully wacky debates about all manner of things <laughs> like we did when we were supposed to be traveling back <laughs> um and we end up in the, in the trip hotel till three in the morning and you know all of these all of these things kind of make the experience and they make it what it is and it's it's a really it just as you're saying it's a pilgrimage yeah go there go to oberhausen 100 percent it's a destination weekend, and yeah, hopefully yeah. it does sound like it just from speaking to people on the weekend who are going, oh yeah, so-and-so is going to come to Garrett, and oh yeah, they want to come because I've been recommending it. And people who didn't make it to Tag League saying, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be at Garrett. I was trying to warn uh, Patrick, who uh, organises the, the media stuff, I was saying, you know, I, I would genuinely expect in the hundreds uh, as far as uh, yes. fans travelling from our part of the world uh, yep. in March. And yeah, I think it's the, the good reputation. You know, not everything lands, you know, there's a couple of, of wheat matches there over the weekend but all in mm. all you know as an experience and as a as a promotion to travel out to i think the yeah the good word and the uh and the recommendations coming from pretty much everybody who makes the trip uh is traveling fast oh yeah and i would like to say one thing in terms of the actual the wxw talent themselves the native talent mm. one of the big sort of discussion points over the weekend was why aren't we seeing enough of these um wrestlers in the uk mm. And that's something where it seems like it's very hard to see a good reason as to why not, mm. why you wouldn't fly out Monster Consulting to do some tag matches. Bobby Guns is doing a date for Southside, I think, on the 28th of December. Mm. I'd be incredulous if that's the only date he's doing. And that's at the Resistance Gallery because he's a star and he would add some, a lot of these guys would add something fresh to the scene. Mm. I mean, one of the conversations about how Monster Consulting would fit. It's almost straight in with progress because you could have Avalanche in the Atlas division and you get all these kind of wonderful fantasy booking situations. Mm. And a lot of time, you know, you're thinking, are there complications on getting them in? But they would really freshen up the scene because there's a lot of talent who are signed away. Mm. And that talent, you know, we're kind of seeing a point where there are restrictions on where people are going to be. And you, you kind of don't want this British, the, the sort of wave of momentum that British wrestling has been on to kind of miss out by not bringing in European wrestlers mm. when they can almost freshen up so many companies and have so many different great combinations of matches. Mm. That, that's, that's it. And it, it kind of, it could freshen up rosters, couldn't it? And it could give something different. I'd like, 
you know, we, we, we criticize the, you know, well, we don't want to see WWE and, and, and WXW get too far into bed, but yep. that progress relationship could bear more fruit than it does, couldn't it? I know they've got the yes. January show coming up, but there could be more exchange of talent, couldn't they? I find a find. We're going to be, you know, just to say we are doing a Progress Wembley show, just with us both traveling and you yep. haven't seen the show yet. And I haven't seen the main event yeah. yet because I had to leave early. We will be doing a show this weekend on that with Joe. But yeah, I do think Progress's roster as a whole is a little bit stale and a yeah, an, an influx of WXW talent, like what they've done with Ilya, um, wouldn't be the mm. the absolute worst thing in the world. Exactly, you know, to get to get some of them working sort of a variety of shows maybe over the weekend would be fantastic. For the amount that someone like I say a Matt Seidel is paid to come in, mm. are you telling me that couldn't be spent spent better mm. from getting in wrestlers from you know from Germany and Austria, which you know the flights and everything else would be obviously a lot, a lot more cheaper to bring them in, Mm. you know, and what they would give something fresh and, you know, they, they are real, really good wrestlers. They are Mm. trained in a way which is proper. They get better. There are tag team. There was a tag team over there this weekend called coast to coast. Mm. I've never seen before who are fine. You know, they're kind of starting out a very young team and they're going over there to work there for months because they know they're going to get better. So it seems almost criminal that like, Teams who may come in and, and only do a few dates for WXW might get some momentum on that, but there's these WXW talent who should be being brought in. Mm, definitely, yeah, here, here. Hopefully it happens, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully we don't, uh, we don't have to keep traveling. I mean, I want to keep traveling to Germany, but we don't have to exactly travel to Germany uh, to see some of these dudes. Uh, anyone in your wish list for Carrot before we go? Oh, return of Daisuke Sakamoto. There you go. That'll work. Uh, I'd take Gresham in a singles run just because of how much I enjoyed oh, yeah. this weekend. Maybe get Penta and Phoenix as the, uh, they planned to last year. Um, but yeah, maybe a, a bleeding in of, of a few, like you say, of the, of the German guys as well. The likes of Bobby Guns, I could expect having a, a big tournament and, and Lucky Kids who had a, a great tournament this year. I could imagine, you know, him going uh, that bit yeah. further as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll surely be there. I've already booked the, the days off work, JP. I haven't got as far <laughs> as to book the flight yet. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll avoid flying in via Eindhoven or any other silly airports, but I'll get that book soon as well. Um, and yeah, you could definitely uh, expect to see us there yeah oh god absolutely yeah 100 <laughs> percent. see you there that's it so yeah i think that's pretty much uh, us talked out there jp we uh we spent a weekend together in oberhausen we we stood we watched a lot of wrestling we drank a lot of beer i ate a lot of bratwurst uh i'm done uh i think this uh this week back in work is going to be particularly tough but it's all worth it for the wrestling oh yeah i've been back teaching two days since i got back and i've I haven't recovered in the slightest. I'm completely destroyed at this point. My <laughs> voice is also going as well. It's just like everything is kind of, but it's absolutely worth it. Definitely. Wouldn't change it for the world. And that's it. And we've got a progress podcast to do in a couple of days, JP. So and I'm sure that, that, that is to even also. better. I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't be. That's it. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Where can uh, the good people find you, JP? And you can find me at JP Jippy Three E's. Awesome. You can follow the Indie Corner at the Indie Corner. And as I said, keep it out of the Indie Corner feed. We'll be back over the next couple of days. I'd expect it to be up by Saturday morning as we talk Progress Wembley and all of the fallout from there. That's it for us for the show. Goodbye. Bye. 
This is British Wrestling Spotlight on the IndyCore.com. <laughs> I'm Benno. JP, how was the Oberhausen Open for you? Oh, mate, I was shit. I was shit. But I wasn't the worst on the lane I was playing. And do you know what? At this day and age, I'll fucking take that. Who are you team with? I was team with J-Mo. Right, who okay. is an absolute superstar. Oh. He's also a fellow Arsenal fan, so Unai Emery, lads. Good fun. Um... Neither of us are going to take this up professionally, and I'll, I'll I'll happily live with the fact that I'm not good enough at bowling in the full scheme of things. How did you do? Well, you and Julian Nero. Yeah, problematic consulting. We finished fourth. <laughs> we were convinced. Problematic consulting. We were convinced oh. we were third. Uh, so it was a bit disappointing when the bronze medal was given out. It did, however, win. 25 euros for getting the closest to 109. Seriously? So that's good. Yep. I, w- I am going to spend it on a Monster Consultant t shirt tomorrow. I promised that to my teammate. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair. He that's did say right. he'd give me mates rates. So oh, we'll okay. see. Um, JP, we appear to have gotten to a vending machine that sells meat. Is that a real thing that, that I'm seeing right uh, now? A grill for us. Okay, well, this is going to be a break from the podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a moment.